flirting? Steve? Have you heard of <laughs> yeah. Man flirting. Remind me what that is again. <laughs> well, we'll probably be discussing it. Mm. Uh, okay, so welcome back to Movie Food. Um, episode, what number are we on now? Ooh, this is probably, God, this has got to be nine? Episode say? nine. Wow, we're, we're approaching the big ten. Oh, Ugh. my God. Oh, wow. Up. We're growing up, yeah, Carlo. we're growing, man. Oh, wow. Yeah, once you hit the two digits, that's another level. So we got we got to raise raise our game a little bit for episode, bar. Here we, yeah, for episode yeah. 10. I mean, you know, we go all out every episode, but uh, mm-hmm. for, um, for episode 10, we got to make it special. Okay, I like it. I yeah. like it. Yeah, so 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 like, do we have to podcast like naked or something? Like, what do you want to um, do? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe we should let the the listeners decide. You know, let's do a poll <laughs> or something on Twitter. Sure. Um, I don't know if you've noticed that um, our Twitter has been gaining a couple of followers of late. Yeah. Yeah. Slow, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's a slow build. It's a it's a fun community over there, and we're getting some support, and that feels it feels great. Yeah, and I mean like. Obviously, uh, our guests, we all follow them and they follow us back. So, um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to expanding the horizons and and people discovering us. Um, I figured also just like being friends with other podcasts that are movie podcasts too helps. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we've even gotten like a shout out to Martin Kessler for uh, retweeting our um, our Commando episode post. Oh, thank you, Martin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Martin's awesome. I've met him in in person uh, when he visited New York. He's from Canada, mm. and he's a cool guy. He's like he he's on his own podcast um, called uh, Flixwise, okay. and then he's he's been a guest on on several podcasts too, like um, Wrong Real and uh, Zebras in America. Mm-hmm. And he's he's always like illuminating. Like I love that his taste ranges from like esoteric art films and then also action films that's why i think he he retweeted our commando the commando <laughs> yeah. yeah so well, yeah yeah in in some eyes it is an art film that's oh that's, yeah <laughs> totally could be yeah all um, right yeah should we get into our quick cuts let's do it okay here we go quick cuts. okay so what have you got steve what's been up with you what have you been watching okay yeah, I did. Um, so continuing my uh, you know foray into into family films that I missed when I was uh, a teen, and now I get to revisit me and the family. We watched Doctor Doolittle, starring Eddie Murphy. Nice. And um, and again, it's just one of those cl- like you know that there was that whole era which we might still be in, where Eddie Murphy was making family movies and not doing you know his his um you know his bread and butter comedies anymore. And everyone was, right. was kind of wondering what's going on, but then and so I didn't. I missed all of them. I didn't see any of those, like the clumps and oh yeah, um, Nutty Professor. Yeah, yeah I missed it all because <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 because I I was a teen and older at that point. But so it is kind of fun to go back and just you know just just make it a quick cut. It's good. It's a good movie. Okay. <laughs> it's like a solid family movie. It's like it's funny when it's supposed to be funny. He's like you know he's just naturally funny. So he doesn't need to be goofing around or have a ton of, you know, antics happening, and it's just it's still going to be good, so, right? Yeah. And um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because I've never seen it, but I just remember when it came out that uh, wasn't Chris Rock like the voice of the hamster or something? Yes, yes, Chris <laughs> Rock is, is in it. Yeah, so so that's cool. And I, I think um, Oliver Platt's in it. 
Okay. So yeah, it's a it's it's solid. Yeah, and uh, I think if, if anything, one of the great contributions of that movie is that Aaliyah song that's on the soundtrack. Like, which mm. is my favorite Aaliyah song. Um, Are you that somebody? Right. Yeah, yeah. it's so good, man. man. Yeah, I I I I definitely remember her being really big, really popular at my school, and like. That was one of those like shocking deaths that just mm-hmm. like I don't know it didn't really you know it didn't it was hard to grasp what was happening and what the impact was you know when you know you know when you're younger right but just uh, yeah just what what could have been you know yeah and just how young she was I mean just when she broke through all the way up to that it was just like it was it, it's like her life just flashed in front of us and that was it you know? yeah R.I.P. Yep. All right, Pelia. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, what have you been uh, up to recently? Um, uh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's only been. I guess when was the last time we recorded? A couple weeks ago. Yeah, about two uh, weeks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess a lot has happened. Um, so one thing I just want to bring up, um, because it's a movie that's coming out soonish. They're already like on the hype train for it, like promoting it. I, I don't know if you've heard of um. Jordan Peele's latest movie. Have you seen the trait the new trailer for it? Uh, um, remind me. I have seen okay. it, but uh, yeah, but, but the title's yeah. skipping me. It's called Nope. <laughs> Very oh, yeah. simply, Nope. Yeah. And there's all this like veiled secrecy about what it actually is about, which I like. You know, I like that they're they're teasing it. Um, and uh, I, there's a new trailer that dropped. Actually, today, and I've been avoiding it. Like, even if, like, you know, obviously, oh, NBA playoffs is happening. I'm also watching the Stanley Cup playoffs. So the trailers come up a lot. So every yeah. time it comes on, I mute the TV, look away. <laughs> I do everything requisite not to learn more about this movie. Like, I really yeah. want to go into it, like, not knowing what it's about. Mm-hmm. But I have this theory. So hear me out. Okay. This theory that, like, if if it's proven correct, you heard it here first on um on uh, <laughs> I'm blanking on the name of on, my podcast on, on movie on food. food. Yeah, you heard it here first on movie food, and this is not coming out till uh, July twenty second. So okay, we're we're planning on dropping this episode on Father's Day. So this is um uh, so it's still way ahead, even now that uh, we're recording mm-hmm. it. Oh yeah. Um. So my theory is that um the because it, it seems like it's hinting that it's an alien invasion movie. UFO, uh, yeah. Something. Yeah, some sort of thing, like that big cloud, whatever it is, that sinister cloud. So my theory is proven to be correct. You heard it here first. The aliens in the movie are actually those, like, um, air, like, floaty things that you see, like, you know, in, in uh, car lots. You know what I'm talking about? What are those called? Like, those things yeah. that dance in the air. Those dancing rubber guys with, with, with their arms flap around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like my theory is that they're the bad guys. They're the aliens oh in the God. movie. And um, the reason why I think that I it's just like <laughs> like when I was leaving um Crimes of the Future last night, um, or no, it was two nights ago. I saw Crimes of the Future in the in the theater lobby. They had like one of those um kind of displays for Nope, and that was what this display was. Were these like you know, air dudes dancing and it actually had like blowing wind under it and everything. And I was like, yeah, there's a reason why these are being, you know, uh, prominent, so prominent in the advertising. So I have a feeling that they might be. That's true. (laughs) That would be amazing. 
Yeah, and you know, uh, Jordan Peele has always straddled comedy and horror in his mm-hmm. career. Uh, but uh, I mean, I think that's actually my problem with the the last movie, Us, was it probably mm-hmm. took itself way too seriously. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, like Get Out was more of that balance of humor and horror. So I right. think Nope might actually be going back to that, and yeah, it might be awesome. Right. So plus, I, yeah, I just like that idea that maybe the aliens have been hiding in plain sight and they've exactly. been just like hanging out with us this whole time. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, okay. that's my theory. Well, so if if it's coming out in late July, is is it is it only in theaters or do you know? If it's I think stream? it is. Yeah, it, okay. it, it will stream eventually, but um, uh, okay. it. Uh, the thing about it is that it's it was shot on IMAX cameras, so it's meant to be seen on the big screen. And okay, um, I'm very particular about IMAX. Like I know that most IMAXs, I call them Limax, because uh, the, most of these screens in movie theaters that claim to be IMAX, they're not actually IMAX theaters. Right. They're mm-hmm. um, because there's an, a standard of basically how how big the IMAX the theater size, needs yeah. to be. Yeah, it has a certain size. Like um, it has to be, I think, like ten stories tall. Mm-hmm. Um, so not many movie theaters can be like that. Like most cities, even major cities like L.A. or New York, they only have one real IMAX theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and like uh, for me down here in Orange County, the only real IMAX theater is actually uh, Irvine Spectrum. That's the only one that has the mm-hmm. full like dimensions of an IMAX. So. I actually will go out of my way if I believe, like, you know, say Christopher Nolan movies are shot on IMAX. You know, I would actually go to see it in IMAX, even though I didn't see Tenant in IMAX because obviously it came out during the pandemic and those IMAX screens weren't open at that time. Um, but, uh, yeah, if, if it's an occasion like that, so Jordan Peele's Nope, I will definitely go see it at a real IMAX screen. Not a Limax screen. So. That would be a really cool one to see in a, in a mm-hmm. real IMAX. Like, like I almost wish I could go back to 90, 94 and see Independence Day or you know right. something really big like that in an IMAX. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, that's the thing too. You don't get any repertory screenings of IMAX. They only do new movies. And right. yeah, that, <laughs> and yeah, when that would be odd. Yeah, is there a way to like? Like you can't change the footage to make it more IMAXy, right? Like, like you can't. No, go back. I mean, yeah. th- there are movies that do get released that way. Like, I mean, Marvel movies are like that. They're not shot on IMAX, but they're released in IMAX theaters. So it's basically mm-hmm. like, um, so it wasn't shot with an IMAX camera in IMAX format, but they kind of blow it up so they make mm-hmm. the size bigger. But you notice it. It's like, um. People were joking about that actually when The Dark Knight came out where it was like black bars at the bottom of the screen. So when the screen would be full, that was when it was shot on IMAX. And then when you see the black bars at the top and the bottom, you know, it's just like regular 35 millimeter film. Right. So, mm-hmm. I, uh, but yeah, I mean, they're bridging the gap now with that. But, you know, you can tell. Like, uh, I guess another movie I saw recently in IMAX that I actually went to, because um, the only real IMAX theater in, uh, if you don't count the California Science Center, the only real um, IMAX in LA is Universal City, the AMC there. That's the only full-size IMAX there. So um, uh, JR and I actually went to that theater just to watch Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> how okay? So yeah, tell me how what yeah what was the experience? Oh, it was fantastic. Like that's definitely an IMAX movie. You need to see it in IMAX format, right. especially the dogfight sequences um were just incredible. 
Um, you really believe that uh, Tom Cruise is flying those those jets, right? Yeah, and they, they were incredible. But um, I don't know. I I wasn't as over the moon about the movie as as other people are. Like uh, you know, you I was getting hearing all these this praise of like it's the best sequel ever made, like that kind of thing. Like uh, I don't know. I just thought it was okay. You know. Yeah. It's gonna take time. Like, like, is there a is there an actual good story? I remember, like, like that was the big critique on the first Top Gun. Right. Like, the story is really weak. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's even less specific than the oh, first God. Top Gun. That's what I'll say. Like, they don't even <laughs> mention where which country the enemy is from, or where they're going. Oh. Like, you know, it's just like a faceless, nameless enemy. You know, so I don't know if that's like for political correctness or something like that. And I mean, one of the things yeah. about the first Top Gun, which, you know, people uh, say is cheesy or was campy about it, was that, you know, there was like this, you know, homoerotic mm-hmm. uh, subtext to it, which uh, is not as present in, <laughs> in the sequel. Right. You know, there's yeah. there's one moment where they, they play football on the beach. <laughs> Um, so, you know, that requires them to take their shirts off, but yeah, yeah. yeah. but other than that, like, um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of just like a callback to the, the volleyball sequence in the first one. Uh, but yeah, it's just, um, what, what I came away from it was really just like, man, I want to, want to watch more Tony Scott movies, you know, (laughs) like that was really, yeah. He has such a great tone. Like and like it kind of peaked and yeah it peaked with with Top Gun. I mean, oh, I I mean I think he, he even uh yeah I mean like I I feel the nineties was really his top uh like decade because you know he still made um uh Crimson Tide, which was great during that time. Yeah, yeah but Top Gun was really the movie that put him on the map. You know, yeah. it was yeah, like I just you know the way that movie looks mm. is just so. It's just so memorable. Yeah, the the soundtrack. I mean, all of that. I mean, they they bring that all back in in um, in Maverick. But yeah, it's it's it just doesn't do enough, I think, for it to really stand out to me and and be that memorable. Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> sure. Uh, have you seen Quentin, uh, Quentin Tarantino's monologue from the movie Sleep with Me? <laughs> Where where he talks about how Top Gun has is is gay or or, or it's like yeah. has like yeah, you, yeah. He, he goes on on that whole yeah you know diatribe about it yeah yeah it's funny because after we we came home like I had to show Jr that that scene because it's that on clip. YouTube yeah yeah <laughs> and there, there's two versions of it by the way there's one where it's just the scene from the movie with Tarantino just ranting and it, you know mm-hmm. it, he, he's not even playing a character that's just basically him. Mm-hmm. You know, and then there's a there's a version of it which actually intercuts with the the scenes oh. from the movie that he's describing. You know, it's like you know when, uh, I mean that that's some of the funniest bits in the monologue where he's like, you know, go the gay way, go the gay way, and you know what does she look like when she comes? When, you know, when they don't mm-hmm. sleep together, she's like she's dressed like a man. You know, she's wearing yeah. a hat and the same jacket that the Iceman is wearing. Yeah, <laughs> and so they, good. <laughs> and he, they deliberately misquote the last line of the movie. Which was, you know, it's like, <laughs> you, you can... Oh, yeah, you can ride my tail. <laughs> anytime. No, yeah, the, the last line of, of Top Gun is actually, you can be my wingman. <laughs> That's the, yeah, yeah, not that, my, yeah, not ride my tail. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, it's sword it's a, fight, sword fight. Yeah, sword fight. Sword. Yeah. yeah, it's really well That's done. Good. Yeah, yeah, awesome. A, yeah, good scene. Um, yeah, um, if you haven't seen it, check it out for sure. Cool. Top Gun uh, Maverick. Yeah, yeah. Um, Top Gun Maverick. I don't think I don't think we've done this segment yet, but I have a cr- a quick correction and retraction. Same. Corrections and retractions. So, um, on the last episode, we were talking about Commando. Yes. Um, and we were we were talking about how in a key plot point is that um, Arnold has eleven hours. Oh, yes. He uses that on, on his watch as a countdown. Right. And um, I think in the pod we said it's it's eleven hours to kill the president. Or or to complete the mission. Yes. But in just in rethinking about it, it's that it the eleven hours is how long Arnold has to try to um, get revenge before Dan Hadaya and Bennett realize he's not on the plane. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. 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 So okay. it's like so it's like that for for him that countdown is okay. I have all this time to be incognito and gotcha. not about completing the mission. So, so the flight is eleven hours. That we didn't mishear yeah. that. That it really is eleven yeah, hours. Yeah. To- so, so the flight is eleven. Yeah. So, so yeah, we got all we, man we all, all that right. Like you'd think he'd be flying to like the end of the world in Argentina. What is that um, area called? Um, I can't remember. There, there's a specific name for um for that that place. There's like a lighthouse. It's like mm. the most southern point of the Americas. Yeah, Cape um, Cape Capricorn. Or, yeah, what's that? Yeah, what is it? I'm I'm blanking right now, but yeah, it's like, um, but yeah, I mean, I Cape I wouldn't Horn? imagine even yeah even no. getting there, uh, Tierra del Fuego. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. So yeah, it's in this uh, province called uh, Ushuaia. I, I don't know if I'm yeah. pronouncing it correctly, but um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's a sign there that basically says it's the end of the world, and there's a lighthouse. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine like it would take 11 hours to fly there. No. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm actually checking from LA (laughs) to fly there. It's, um, 22 hours and 50 minutes. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So, so halfway. Yeah. It would be maybe like Ecuador or something. Yeah. Or, um, well, you know, we were talking about like how it, um, it, it was a stand-in for um, uh, Nicaragua. Nicaragua or yeah, yeah. Colombia or something. Yeah, but I imagine like Nicaragua's not that far because it's just south of um, of Mexico. Uh, Mexico. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's like before Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Um, and like like we were saying, the actual Valverde is only like a half hour north of LA. So. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, you know, yeah. the movie was definitely shot locally. <laughs> they didn't, they yeah, never left yeah, LA. It's fine. It's fine. All right. Yeah. So and um and we were also talking about our um our top five Arnold movies. Okay. And I was thinking about it more. I I had put True Lies in to my top five. Yeah. In hindsight, if I had to pick a movie that I would want to watch right now, I would probably pick Commando over True Lies. Gotcha. There's, I think there's something funner, and although True Lies might have higher high points, I think overall Commando I might I might actually like more than True Lies. 
So I think I, if I could redo my top five, I would put Commando in it. Oh, yeah. You're free to do whatever you want, Steve. If you want to replace it, go oh, ahead. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, thank God. I I yeah, you're not locked, locked in. in. No, you're not okay. locked in at all. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good. Okay. Fair enough. Good. All right. Um, yeah, I also have a correction. Because um, oh, when we... One second. Corrections and retractions. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Is that um, Malika? Yeah, that's Malika. Oh, that's, that's my lovely. wife. So yeah, so the background on that jingle, it's a I've had this jingle in my life seemingly for about twelve years now. We started we made it for a radio show in LA um that had a corrections and retractions department. It's just kinda and I've just kind of kept it around for all, all my different endeavors. So yeah. Fantastic. Here it, is, here it is now on movie food. Oh man, I'm well, I'm glad we're using it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um yeah, mine is um uh we we briefly talked about Kill Bill and the Rizza's score for mm. it. Um and I I basically incorrectly mentioned that the music from the whistling theme in that split screen scene in Kill Bill Volume 1 was from a Brian De Palma movie. I'm wrong. So <laughs> um it the scene is uh, a tribute to Brian De Palma, but the music is actually from a movie called Twisted Nerve which was a British film. Mm. And just on like a weird coincidence too, like uh, I guess a weekend ago, I went to like a record sale where most of the records were like five, 10 bucks. And I found the Kill Bill soundtrack on vinyl for five bucks. Ooh, <laughs> and, that's a good one. Yeah, and that's where I saw it, that it was like the, the piece of music was from this movie called Twisted Nerve. And I was like, oh man. And also, yeah. No, barely any RZA score. There's probably like two or three tracks, and one of them is even just him reworking an older score, as well. <laughs> so, wow. okay, yeah, yeah. So that that that's the extent of. But yeah, it is such a fantastic score from like the Nancy Sinatra opening track. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just totally. the, yeah, it's a good compilation. So, mm-hmm. good. yeah, awesome. Yeah, all right. Uh, okay, so uh, our. Do you have any more um, uh, quick cuts? Um, I have just a game that we could play. Okay. Um, but if you have a couple more quick cuts, you want to you want to do another one? Yeah. All right. I'll just do one more quick one. Okay, um, cool. So I I I believe I mentioned we have a cat, Morgan. Morgan. Yeah. Yeah. So we discovered. Yeah. Who his uh, favorite actor is. <laughs> Huh? Yeah, he has a favorite actor. It's like every time he's on screen, he's mesmerized by his presence. And is it the guy? Is it the guy in Reacher? Um, no. Uh he. Yeah, he he came after I I finished okay. with Reacher. But okay. I, I I'm sure like if Jr. ever comes around to watch it because he hasn't seen it, okay. um, maybe Morgan might like him. But no, uh, his favorite actor is actually um Oscar Isaac. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. So we were watching Moon Knight. Nice taste. Yeah. And uh, like we were watching Moon Knight and he, he Morgan's eyes were just transfixed. And yeah. um, I'm actually trying to find like a cheap copy of Inside Lewin Davis, the Criterion version, because there's like a, a Blu-ray of the of just a movie, like a vanilla copy. But yeah, I'm looking for a Criterion copy uh, because in that movie, Oscar Isaac actually is with an orange cat that kind of looks like Morgan. So <laughs> it might be perfect oh. viewing for him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I have, that's the first time I've ever seen like a cat like transfixed on screen. <laughs> so yeah, 
He loves Oscar well, Isaac. You got you got to take a, a video of Morgan the next time it happens. Oh yeah, for sure. I uh, I mean um I I also have like um a deluxe edition of Drive coming in the mail. So once oh. that arrives, uh you know, Oscar Isaac is in that too. So <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Oh yeah, maybe we'll shoot a video for that. Cool. Way to go, Morgan. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um All right, so my game, I don't know if it's going to be fun or not. Um we uh you mentioned or we were talking about Commando last week and we we're talking about Dan Hadaya and how he's such like a, a funny actor in terms of like his deliveries and he's, he tends to pop up in 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 all kinds of films and make and really make his uh you know a statement. So I pulled some Dan Hadaya audio. Okay. And I want to just play it. I'm guessing you'll be able to guess these, you know, like I'm not sure how difficult Let's these see. are, but we'll just kind of Go from there. All right, here's uh, here's clip one, Dan Hadaya. This is a short one. You divorce wives, not children. <laughs> I know exactly where that's from. <laughs> oh, yeah? What is it? It's uh, Clueless. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that is from Clueless. You can kind of tell from, like, in the background, you can kind of hear a little n- no doubt. You divorce wives, not children. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, cl- the Clueless soundtrack is fantastic, man. It has so many good songs. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just like quintessential '90s. Um, it's from our youth. Yeah, yeah, man. Like Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. They even perform live in the movie, and right. yeah, they I attend the show. That. Yeah, with the Mighty mm-hmm. Mighty Boss Tones. Um, yeah, obviously, no doubt. Um, uh, there's this band that uh, I think people have forgotten about. Um, and the singer kind of looks like Billy Corgan, but he sounds like Morrissey. And it's um, oh. yeah, it's this band called Smoking Popes. Oh, uh, okay. yeah, and they have a song on the end credits called "Need You Around," and it's such a good track. Oh, um, oh good. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's a great soundtrack. But yeah, I mean that's one of many Dan had uh, like yeah. l- great lines in the movie, like you know. If, you, if anything happens to my daughter, I have a forty-five and a shovel. I doubt anybody yeah. will miss you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, He's, yeah. He may, you know, like he probably only has like a, a handful of lines in the movie, but right. you know, he knows how. To, he's an actor who knows how to make them all memorable. You know, yeah, which is cool. All right, here's a clip two for you, Carlo. Okay. Because you're going to return to Valverde, and you are going to. Killed the president that you helped to overthrow me. <laughs> well, obviously that's from Commando. <laughs> yeah, that's an easy one. But I just I had to I had to inc- include it. That's from Commando. Beautiful. Uh, just you know you know just to display the you know his um his range and accents. For sure. All right, all right. Here's uh the last clip. Here we go. Clip three. I don't know what you're talking about, Ray. I ain't done anything funny. But the funniest thing to me right now is that you think that she came back here for you. That's what's fucking funny. Oh, man. <laughs> what, do you th- what do you think? This, this one's a little more of, of a deeper cut. Oh, man. Uh, but, 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 but I feel like this is a movie you've mentioned. But. Yeah, it sounds very Southern and... Um... If it is what I think it is, I haven't seen it in a long time, so mm. um, I'm not positive. But is it Blood Simple? 
It is. Oh, it's wow. It's simple. <laughs> well done. Yeah, Coen Bros. Yeah. You got it. 1984. Right. Yeah, well their, done. Their first film. Good go, Carlo. Nice. <laughs> I like that um, game. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a good one. It's like framed audio. <laughs> yeah, framed yeah. audio. Exactly. Yeah. It's like hurdle, but but framed combined. Right. Yeah. I like yeah. it. Well, okay. I would be remiss too um, if uh, I didn't mention uh, a Scott take in our quick cut. So uh, we'll oh, let's, we'll let's wrap it, it up Scott with take. that. So uh, my my Scott take is that the Russo brothers peaked with Community and Arrested Development. <laughs> mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and for those who aren't familiar, obviously, like the Russo brothers directed the huge bulk of uh, the Phase One Marvel movies, starting with. Um, uh captain america winter soldier um so yeah and obviously they did the last two um avengers um uh, infinity war and endgame and yeah they're fairly anonymous directors but i really feel like their strength is in comedy like yeah yeah like i've only just started watching community recently and i've really been enjoying it Mm -hmm. and i mean obviously the first Three seasons, I would say, of Arrested Development are fantastic. And, yeah, they've directed some of the best episodes of, of that show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely a big fan of Arrested Development. I, I've seen I've seen some episodes of Community. I haven't, like, watched it. That's um, Dan, Dan Harmon was, yes. was a part of that, correct? Yeah, yeah, he created the show. So, yeah. Um, so there's all these, like, really clever, uh, like, movie, um, like, riffs in it. Uh, specifically, I mean, he's my favorite character, um, Abed, played by Danny Pudi. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, like, I think they could even do like a spin-off of Community with with Danny Pudi again as Abed because he looks exactly the same. Like, I mm-hmm. mean, the show came out in 2009, and he's in a new show called Mythic Quest, and he looks the same. There's no, <laughs> there's no difference yeah. between like yeah. Danny Pudi in 2009 to Danny Pudi in 2019. Like it's exactly, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, that's just it. That I feel like the Russo brothers peaked with Community and Arrested Development. Probably not a very controversial opinion, other yeah. than like I guess people who love Marvel. So <laughs> yeah, just like you know, people who look at the success of those versus the success of the others. Yeah, right. I got you. Yeah. Well, cool. All right. All righty. I think is is that it for our, our quick cuts? Yep, that wraps up quick cuts. All right, so let's get into the main attraction, our Father's Day um, film of the year. <laughs> yes. Oh, so man. So this was your your choice. Do you want to uh, introduce it? Yeah. I mean, first of all, I, I do want to say, Steve, even though we're recording this ahead of time, happy Father's Day to you. Oh, yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Carlo. <laughs> yes. I appreciate it. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out yeah, there. Yeah, happy Father's and- Day to my dad. Yep, all yep to, to yeah. all of our dads if they're here or not here. Yes, um, and um, yeah, it's like uh, you know, it's uh, it's a great feeling, it's a great experience, and you picked a movie that captures, I think, a part of it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, and I I, I also just want to say Happy Father's Day to one of our most dedicated listeners, uh, Jacob Rivera. He's also a dad, and uh, we were originally supposed to have a guest. For this show, but then uh, something unexpected happened, <laughs> which mm-hmm. actually seemed apt for um, uh, 
what we're about to talk about in the movie because it's a very similar experience. So that's all I'll get into because I don't know if he wants sure. us to discuss it on air. Sure. But um, yeah. Brandon, who was our first guest on the show, he was supposed to come back for this episode. Um, and just a weird tie-in at the end of um, our To Live and Die episode, To Live and Die in L.A., he was opening up his birthday presents that I sent him, and one of them was uh, the clown Blu-ray. So we're going to be talking about the movie Clown from Denmark, uh, made in 2010. That's right. And this, so this is a movie that I am coming in. I came in very cold. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know the actors or the background. And so it was really interesting to watch this and to really enjoy it and to kind of get that experience of, you know, something, you know, just having a clean score. There was no bias. There was nothing coming in. I didn't know anything. Right, right. I'm glad to hear that, man, because, um, yeah, I I didn't know how you're going to react to it, to be honest. I mean, you know, we we, (laughs) we, we do have a similar sense of humor. Like, we both laugh Mm -hmm. at jackass. And in a Mm -hmm. way, this is sort of related to it. But I guess more of a kindred spirit to it is... um, uh, Larry David's Curb Your Enthusiasm, mm-hmm. like it has yeah. that feel. Yeah, yeah. The whole time I was trying to, yeah, you know, trying to wrap my head around. Okay, what is this? And I, the, the two things I kept coming back to, and of course, you know, we'll do a, you know, sort of a, a deep dive into the movie, but just kind of general thoughts is it felt like The Office, right? In a way, like it felt like okay the. There's there are these main characters who are absolutely insane, but and but the rest of the world around them is more relatable, right. and they're reacting to these weird characters. So, I guess in a way, yeah, it is kind of like Curb too, where you know you have you know, you know Larry and and and, and his friends might, might be a little more off, right? Um, whereas here we have Frank and Casper, yeah. <laughs> And they're they're um, both using yeah. their their real names, by the way. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so that was kind of the the confusing thing to and to kind of learn learn about later was okay. So almost all the actors are using their real names. Yes. And so what I'm really curious about is what you know. How are the the Danish people or European more, you know, the European audience that maybe knows of these actors and knows of their, sh- of their previous shows and entities before the movie. Um, how do they view this? You know? Right. Cause like I can only view it from my perspective. And so I'd like, Oh, the, it's like the office meets. Yeah. Meets. Um, it's like the office and the hangover right. at the same time or the <laughs> office and jackass at the same time. Right. Yeah. There's definitely a, a jackass link. That's uh, why I mentioned it. And also, um, uh, yeah, that's the, I, I think the beauty of the film is that you can come into it completely cold and you still have a great experience with it. Like I also came into it completely cold. Like I, mm-hmm. I'd heard, um, like it mentioned on, zebras in america but i didn't listen to the episode because i i wanted to basically have my own reaction to it but Mm, it just sounded so strange especially just having that title and like the way it's spelled with a k and if you try to search for it like you'll probably come up with killer clowns from outer space Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) um and uh yeah i had no idea what it was i had no context for it whatsoever but um what actually made made me 
do the jump to like finally go see it was um uh because of the blu-ray because the blu-ray cover that arrow released for the uk it was just so striking it was like this cartoonish like version of what happens in the movie there's all the, these little references to to and especially you know frank like being in his um his uh, wife beater and <laughs> under- yeah, yeah under- <laughs> that that that's kind of like the clown uniform. He's in it quite a bit, yeah. you know, just the white tee, white briefs, yeah. and then his other kind of uniform or thing signature piece is the f- kind of the floppy dad hat right. that he wears. <laughs> yeah, and and, and 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 I guess the glasses. Yeah, the too. glasses, and um, yeah. So we we should just say that um, it's it it's based on a a hit like sitcom in Denmark. That's uh, gone on for eight seasons. Like its most recent season oh, was no. actually in 2021, so they're they're still going strong. I don't know if if that's gonna be the last season, uh, but in terms of the movies, they they made three of them. So this one was in 2010. Uh, the second one was in 2015, and then the third one came out, I think, in 2020. I want to say that's good symmetry. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so it's it's basically the entire decade, but the the reason why I thought like it was coming to an end was because they called the third movie clown, the final. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I thought that was it, but um, yeah. And, and have you seen, have you seen it? I have not. Um, so yeah. yeah, I, I don't think it's gotten a U.S. release. Um, okay. Uh, the second movie did uh, actually, that's the thing. Like you can watch both of these movies. And I think that's how you saw it. Steve was, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Th- yeah. On Amazon prime. And it's funny. Yeah. I, I ended up watching the second one too. Oh, you did. Okay. So we can talk <laughs> yeah. about that as well, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, they're both available through Amazon prime or freebie, which used to be IMDb TV. So, um, Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. yeah I was yeah. wondering. Okay. Yeah. So Amazon owns IMDb. They bought it like a couple of years ago. God damn. Yeah. It. They just buy everything. <laughs> so now they've, they've co-opted its, uh, streaming titles. Um, so yeah, that's the way you can see it. So you can watch it free with ads, uh, both, uh, the first and the second movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, surprisingly the third one, it's, it's hard to find, um, I came across like kind of a an illegal stream of it a while back, but it the subtitles were um were machine translated. So it, oh, yeah, 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 and yeah. and so much of the humor of the show is like these kind of social etiquette like misunderstandings. <laughs> yeah, so much and the, yeah. the embarrassment and humiliation that comes from that, you know. Yeah, and it it it's and it's definitely interesting. So yeah, watching it subtitled um you know so you know the the experience of watching these comedies is i'm you know i'm taking in the images but i'm also trying to read right to catch up and so i'm naturally i'm, I'm for sure am missing maybe 30 percent of the humor right in terms of like something funny in his de- in the deliveries what you know the the way they're saying things the, the reactions yeah. etc that it just gets lost in the tra- in the translation of it but it really speaks to the movie as kind of irreverent and out there as it is um, that it still can, you know, it's still the jokes still hold. There was definitely moments where I'm laughing out loud as moments right. where I'm just like my, my mouth's just agape. <laughs> just I can't believe it, <laughs> yeah. what's happening. And it just kind of speaks to there is like a universal physical gross comedy out right. there that um, 
it it just works. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, for I, you know, for I don't want to say for everybody, but for you know enough of an audience. Right. Yeah. It it the it transcends translation. You know, <laughs> and I feel like that's the beauty of also rewatching it. Um, because you know when you rewatch it, obviously you know what certain lines mean. So you mm-hmm. you capture more of the nuances because yeah um yeah we, we should talk about the two leads so uh Frank Havam I think is how you pronounce his last name and uh Casper uh, okay. uh, Christensen these two guys you know they're like a comedy duo and uh they play off each other so well mm-hmm. and um yeah these characters that they've developed for the show and the movie is basically they're both kind of bumbling idiots. And I mean, that that's the clown of the title is like, they're both clowns, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah. but one is kind of like too confident and that's Casper. He's the one who's too confident and he, he's so full of himself that even when he's like messing up, like he still keeps going. Whereas uh, Frank is kind of the more timid, uh, but he also kind of messes bumbling. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like when he, he thinks he's doing the right thing, it actually messes things up even more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. They're kind of like two sides of Michael Scott, you know, this like the, the bumbling side and then the overly confident. Well, it feels like the, he can talk his way into anything. <laughs> but I guess Casper seemingly can. Yes. Uh, but, but yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's dicey. And yeah. So the, yeah, the way that they play off each other, that that's the driving force between uh for the show and the movie mm-hmm. is just how um Casper comes up with these crazy ideas of things to do and Frank just kind of unwillingly or you know um haplessly follows along with it and then he ends up getting into more trouble than than Casper does because yeah. of, of the things that they do because um yeah, for one, I guess to a fault, what one of his character flaws. I mean, he, you know, Frank definitely has more of a journey in this movie than Casper does. Um, it is that he he tries to be honest about things, yeah. <laughs> but that gets him into so much trouble. Um, and yeah, we can get into to what the movie is about. Sure. So, uh, the basic premise of it is these two guys, uh. You know, they've been friends for a long time and uh, they're both uh, married. Um, and uh, another kind of weird, uh, like, uh, connection to reality, aside from them using their real names, Casper uh, Christensen's wife in the in the movie and in the show is, um, she's probably the most recognizable face, actually, in the movie. Uh, I want to pronounce her name correctly. It's um, Eben uh, Yaley. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's how it's pronounced. Yeah, Eben Yaley. It's a tough one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, she was the the romantic interest Laura in um in High Fidelity with John Cusack. So that's Whoa, her. Yeah, no yeah, yeah. So, and she she's seemingly aged gracefully as well. Speaking of people, totally. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so her and the Casper uh, Christensen in real life, they. They have a relationship. I don't think they're together anymore, but they used to be. They they never got married, but uh, they they lived together for a while. So they they were a real couple, you know. So oh, there's interesting. yeah, so there's some basis in in um in their uh, you know their chemistry and like um uh she even mentions that like I think in an interview where she says that 
you know, my job on the show and in the movie is just to basically show up and yell at Casper. <laughs> that's, yeah. Good. that's my job. And people remember me for doing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, they're both married, but they're still kind of like, they have some sort of arrested development, especially Casper. He seems like he's still like either yeah. a senior in high school or a freshman in college. He hasn't gotten out. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it seems like it seems like they're both in their forties. Yes, they're you know, they're like, in their forties. Like the, yeah, but yeah, they are just horn dogs, and especially <laughs> Casper is just that's yeah. all he thinks about. Yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. Yeah, and with um with Frank, he is too, but he's not like assertive and vocal about it. It's like he needs Casper to basically like draw it out of him, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. Yep. And so, I mean, the, even the the opening scene basically lays the groundwork. For the entire movie, where it's a misunderstanding between him and uh, with between Frank and his wife Mia, um, where he's like, uh, "Do you want a little treat?" And he assumes that he he's about to have sex, but she actually says, "No, you, um, I was offering tea cakes," <laughs> and then he's disappointed, and he even says, "Like, uh, yeah, is it because I didn't shower?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he you see him wearing his trademark. Uh, you know, white uh, sleeveless shirt and uh, briefs, wife front the briefs. briefs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, um, yeah. Is this is this before the the, the intro animation? Yes, because I do want to talk about the intro animation. Yes, yes, yes. And you know, I love a good opening credit sequence, Steve. So this one yeah. is amazing. I feel like it's a good one. Yeah, um, it's kind of so. It's it kind of takes you on a course of drawing. Frank right. in the cl- in in his uh full clown regalia, you know, the white tee and the briefs. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's kind of as the white lines are appearing right. for the drawing, you know, you're kind of seeing all the names. And at some at one point like there's a a gun appears and it shoots him in the balls. <laughs> Which which yeah. which I thought was a funny tie into previous conversations on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Uh, about about people getting shot in the balls. Yeah, right. Um and but yeah so i but yeah overall i thought that that was a what one of the better in, uh, animated intros that 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 we've yeah uh, for for at least movies that we've talked about here on the podcast oh absolutely yeah i think it it's definitely i i believe it's in the hall of fame of uh, mm-hmm. opening credits for me like it is it's up there and considering that it was done at a time that opening credits weren't that fashionable anymore for them to mm-hmm. do it like that. And I think it yeah, it, it ha- 2010. Yeah, it has something to do with its origins of being a TV show and how they wanted to translate that to a movie. Um because yeah, the TV show each episode is like 25 minutes long. It's another shame that the the TV show isn't streaming anywhere. Um I have seen one episode because uh it was a special feature on the Arrow Blu-ray that I mentioned. So, um, so I have something to compare it to, but I think that was really it. It's just like this thing of them expanding in a way that I think is, is, um, is true to what the show is about, you know, but like Mm -hmm. adding expansion. So the show still talks about risque subjects, but it's nowhere near as explicit as the movie is, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. This movie gets pretty explicit (laughs) and, 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 you know, I don't think we'll do a full breakdown of, the second film, Clown Forever, no. but but we can highlight some <laughs> uh, so, some of the points as we go. Sure, yeah. Um, all right. So, as is the first, is the, the next scene, the wedding scene. Um, 
or, or yeah, it's some sort of gathering. I can't remember what the occasion was. Um, yeah, I was. I think. I think it's Bo's parents, or you know, it's, it's like some. So there's a young boy. I think he's twelve, named Bo. Yes, and I and um, I think it's his parents, or it's like a, one one parent is getting remarried. I can't quite tell, but oh. they are. It's their wedding, I think, and then they're going to go on a honeymoon and leave Bo with oh Mia's okay. family. So 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 I think it's Mia's brother or something like that, or Mia's sister. So that's, you know, so it's like some connection there, and Mia is Frank's gotcha. partner. It's so like. Yeah, you um, you seem to think they're both Casper and Frank are both married, and that yes. could that could be the case. But it's also it's left a little vague because it's mm. they don't seem to like be act, you know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and the like the whole thing is I, I I've seen the movie so many times, and it's like little details like that I I can't even <laughs> recall. Yeah. Um, they probably I, are, I but it, but but they're just being so um, I don't know like non-committal that it's like it well it, it would surprise yeah. me that they are married but i guess also you can make the case that they're acting so casual because maybe they've been married a long time right but, um so yeah it's just a little confusing there yeah yeah and i, I and the, based on that episode that i saw like that that just seems to be the case with like at least casper that for him it's kind of a a thing that's uh you know it's like I'm with a partner, but I, I also just want to seek, yeah, you know, outside sure. sources. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean that that's the whole thing. I guess that's also uh, a key thing with the film. Like they're they're not necessarily likable if you knew them in person. Mm-hmm. Like they're doing very heinous things, yeah. but. It's because that they get their comeuppances in the movie yeah. and in the show that it, it makes it funny. Yeah. Like it's all played for laughs. For sure. Yeah. So, so yeah, and especially the Casper character, like the the payoffs of like his character <laughs> and the, the comedic payoff with that yeah. uh, is incredible. So, so yeah, you've set it up that like uh, Bo needs somebody to take care of him, and it, it's also at this event that it's revealed to um frank accidentally by um was it the doctor lars um, yeah their friend lars who also ends yeah. up on the canoe trip but yeah so lars is well yeah, yeah 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 so he, he reveals to him that mia's pregnant and he wasn't supposed to know yet mm-hmm. like i don't know what the reason was that they were trying to delay it right and then you know it's like this whole snafu because he now like mia's upset that he knows and you know, she's like, uh, and then they, they take the cab ride after the party and then she's like expressing all her concerns that he might not be ready. <laughs> Even the way he phrases it, it's like, yeah, why don't we give it a try? And then yeah. she's like, it's not like you can return yeah, it, return it, if, good, it yeah. <laughs> if it doesn't work out. You know, he's, he's, he's still like acting like a kid, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's how a, 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 like a teen dad would. Yeah, would yeah. he's acting like a kid. I think he got, he, yeah. you know, he didn't get, you know, you know, blackout drunk at the wedding, but, you know, he's fairly mm-hmm. drunk at this point. Right. Um, and yeah, and so like we're starting to, to see hints of what the, what, what the movie is. The movie is going to be about Will Frank be able to prove to Mia that he's father material. Kind yes. Of, is, you know, and, and, and that's and, the jumping off point. 
<laughs> and then Casper is putting it to the the test because um, he wants to go on this canoe trip that he's calling a uh, tour de fils. Yeah, <laughs> uh, tour de pussy in English, mm-hmm. uh, where he's planning this whole thing because it, it's it's actually his only way to get away from Eben. E- uh, uh, because she hates canoeing. Right. <laughs> so he's like, okay, we're going to, cause ev- every trip he plans, she's like, I want to come along. But when he mentioned canoeing, she's like, no, I'm not interested. Then he's like, okay, then I'm going canoeing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and then he, yeah. Yeah. So, so they, they, they have this goal of, have, of having a debaucherous canoe trip. Um, right. That, that is going to overlap with Frank and Mia watching Bo, essentially. Right. Um, and then, yeah. uh, yeah, so Frank kind of makes this spur of the moment decision when, uh, they're, they're taking, looking after Bo that he's like, Oh, I'm going to take him on the canoe trip, uh, with us. But, uh, before we even get to that, yeah. there is like this sequence that doesn't really figure into the plot that much, but <laughs> it, it's brilliant. Yeah. Like it, it, it's actually two sequences in a row. Uh, first the build up and then the payoff. Mm-hmm. So, um, they're all part of this book club. <laughs> so before they, they meet for the book club, it's like them just like shooting the shit. And this was another person I actually recognized in the film. Um, and that's, uh, Jorgen Leth. Mm. He's, uh, he's a Danish filmmaker too. And I mean, the reason why I know him is because of, of Lars von Trier and the film that they made, uh, Five Obstructions. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but Jorgen Leth has been making films for way longer than that. And obviously, uh, Lars von Trier is also involved in this film somehow because his, his studio, uh, Zentropa produced it. So he had a hand in it. And the episode actually that they, um, they included in the Arrow Blu-ray was an episode that Lars von Trier co-wrote. Oh, nice. So yeah. But most of the writing is like done by Frank and, um, Casper. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they have this, this book club and just before the book club, you know, um, uh, Frank expresses his concern about Mia being pregnant. And then all, all the, the guys, including Jorgen Leth are basically like, you got to give her a, a pearl necklace, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, what is that? Like a, a Tiffany uh-huh. style necklace? <laughs> yeah. No. And, and, and they all are referring to the sexual act, which, yes. so. So again, okay. So at this point, is are they trying to prank prank Frank? Um, <laughs> because they know this is like obviously not going to work, but they but they know that Frank's gullible. Is that kind of what like what's happening here? Yeah, I have a feeling that that Frank really is like the heel of the group and yeah. often like the butt end of the jokes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's totally possible that that's the case. And I mean, you know, uh, I've. I've definitely heard conversations in real life go this way. And usually when people are mentioning these types of things, nobody really does that. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, it's a joke. It's like something that they see in porn, but nobody actually does it. Like, I mean, you know, there's, there's other things that I've heard, which are probably way worse than the pearl necklace. Uh, But uh, yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, so they collectively kind of lay it on pretty convincingly that he should yeah. uh, that he should try giving her a pearl necklace and he kind of considers yeah. it as they kind of walk into the book club. Um Right. I did want to ask you about the book club. So it seemed like was the book club you know to Casper it was more of like a, a front to get in with this group of 
men who kind of have some, I don't know, they kind of have, I wouldn't say elitism, but there's some power there. Like they, right. They, 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 uh, they obviously are, I think are part of the, um, the brothel that you're going to see later in the movie. Right. Um, but yeah, they're just kind of, I guess, big, I guess, movers and shakers in the community or something. Yeah, it seems like it. I mean, you know, obviously Jorgen Leth is also using his full name. Mm-hmm. He's he's playing himself. Um, and what even hammers it home is that Frank talks about like Haiti, mm-hmm. and that's actually where Jorgen Leth has been living. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, he's like, oh, this is what he's been going through. You know, because um, there was um, uh, there's some natural disaster that hit Haiti at that time. Um, so yeah, they it it. A lot of the people in it are in the group, especially the head of the group. Uh, his name is Bent. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually like an entertainer, and um, right. he. I think some of the riffs of like the the soundtrack, he like had a hand in it, even though he wasn't credited as the composer. Right. And then, um, so yeah, and and so in 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 the movie Clown, are Frank and Casper known as entertainers? Like like, do they have some kind of you know, f- celebrity status in in the in the world of the movie, or or do they just have like regular jobs? Because it, it gets a little blurred for me when when, right. when you get to the second movie. Yeah, yeah, it, it it seems like they're um yeah they're just ordinary guys, but it's like it's weird because um even in that episode that I'm talking about, it shows like Mia going to work and then like Frank just stays at home. Yeah. <laughs> He doesn't really do anything. He just reads. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's like, be, be, because I read on his Wikipedia that Frank in real life is a, is a comedian or, you know, at one point did, right. did stand up. He might still do stand up. Yeah. So it's like, like, I almost wonder, is it like a Seinfeld situation where in the show he is a stand up comedian named Frank that people know. Right. But um, they don't show that aspect of his life or something, you know? Yeah, I and know. I mean, that's the thing with Curb, too, with Larry David. You know, he's playing Larry David, but it's like a version of him. Yeah. It's not really Larry David. Yeah. Um, so, I yeah, I have a feeling that's the case, but it's never fully explained. It's just like they seem to be like guys who have a lot of time on their hands. Yeah, exactly. And, they, <laughs> and their wives work. Um, yeah, and I mean, they live in nice houses. Um, it's actually revealed in the deleted scenes that... Uh, uh, Frank and Mia's house has a sauna. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they cut those scenes out, the sauna scenes. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, That's but funny. yeah, they're 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 actually really funny too. Ooh. But um, yeah, so yeah, it seems like it, they're they're like it's a special group. It's like you need to be invited to be right. part of it, you know. And they have their own tradition. So <laughs> there's yeah. this thing that they call the the beak tweak, the schnozzle. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is great, and you know Frank refuses to to get it because um they 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 all agree that should be the punishment because again this is part of Frank's honesty that he's like uh I just don't want to waste everybody's time and tell everybody that I didn't read the book which was a uh, Heart of Darkness mm-hmm. by Joseph Conrad yeah. and then the bent says like wasn't that just wasting our time by telling us that? yeah that was good <laughs> you know because I mean the the book club is so big that you could just let other people talk. You don't have to say anything. Right. Or, and th- or if they ask for your opinion, you can just give them, like, that's what Casper was saying. It's like, you know, oh, yeah, very nice cover. It, like, it says so much about the story. Yeah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> 
<laughs> and he says, I never read these books. This is just an excuse for me to hang out with these guys. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he and then his comment was like he was thanking the guy who picked the book. I forgot the name of that guy, but it's yeah. like, oh yeah, thank you for picking this book. Uh, I've read it before. And <laughs> yeah, it was great to revisit. It. So funny. it's like these yeah, yeah and, general yeah, and then, comments. And then, yeah, so Frank admits he hasn't read it, and another person, not Casper, also admits they haven't read it. And that um, yeah, that's person, Jorgen Leth. Yeah, yeah, that's so Jorgen yeah. a- accepts the schnozzel, which is like <laughs> a nose flick, like a really hard. It looked like a doubt. Like, I, like I was trying to see exactly what it was. Yeah, um, I've, I've never, I've it never, happened so I've never quickly. had a schnozzel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. It's like a pinch, but they're snapping downwards. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like it's like someone snapping on your nose or something. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, Jorgen just like takes it like honorably, and then he sits down. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, like... and so when when he takes it, it doesn't look that bad. But Frank is yeah. like, no, I don't want to do no, it. It's yeah. humiliating. And so he yeah. ends up getting kicked out of the book club. Yeah. Right. Um, and then later yeah. on, that that has consequences that we learn about. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but before we get to that, yeah, but so, <laughs> so, 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 so this is, so that, that whole scene is, it's, it's a double setup. They said, they've yeah. set you up with the pearl necklace. They've set you up yeah. with the schnozzle. Um, yeah. and then one of them gets paid off, I think in the very next scene, correct? Uh, w- was that the, yeah, the pearl necklace. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's this weird thing where I think like Frank wakes up in the morning or in the middle of the day i can't remember how he he ended up and then he finds bo there and then it, it turns out that he didn't know that they were supposed to take care of bo while i guess his parents are away mm-hmm. and um he asks oh where's mia and he's like oh she was really tired she's sleeping and it's in their bedroom so he goes to the bedroom in the dark <laughs> And he uh, he he proceeds to deliver the pearl necklace. Yes. And the, the way that it's shot, too, it's all shot through the doorway from the back. Mm-hmm. And so you don't know who it is. Well, you assume it's Mia, but then as soon as, like, <laughs> right, but Frank climaxes, yeah. Mia shows up behind him. <laughs> and it's like, Frank, what's going on? And then you hear, like, kind of a an agonized, like, moan yeah. of, like, oh, and then that it was actually his mother-in-law yeah mia's mom i think (laughs) yeah mia's mom and that he got her in the eye oh yeah this is why i think they're married because he mentions that that's his mother-in-law okay yeah yeah Yeah. and then he also mentions his father-in-law so that's why i i I know they're married okay good Uh, yeah yeah so that was the context clue right and then and for the rest of the for the rest of the movie is she wearing an eye patch Yes, she is because she got it in the eye. Ugh. And I, I didn't, this was something that I learned from this movie. I did not know that that could like blind you. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's yeah. how bad it is if you get that's semen in the eye. Yeah. And oh, so man. essentially, yeah, he's now done this. He's now sexually assaulted his, uh, his mother in law. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's, it's definitely the first like shocking, oh my God moment of right. the movie. And it kind of gives you a, a, a. I remember it kind of gave me a, a good sense of like, oh, this is what this is. Okay, I'm now, <laughs> yeah. like you know, just to help ga- gauge it, like you know, because at first right. when you're watching the movie, you're a little bit like, okay, is this a movie where I have to read everything and and all the jokes are in the wording and on, in the phrasing? 
Right. But then you, you know you get to that scene and you kind of have a better sense yeah. of like, okay, this is what yeah, this they ride is going to be, baby. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, and everything being said has some sort of visual payoff in the movie. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's good writing. It's good pacing. Um, you know, there's not a ton of like improv filler, which I feel like at the at the time, yeah. you know, from forty year old virgin through probably even through twenty ten, there was still mm-hmm. you know like you know that Judd Apatow do a lot of takes and get get a lot of improv was I think a, a big part of a lot of comedies coming out of right. America, and so I feel like this kind of although it has a little bit of that that vibe. Um, it's really tight and it doesn't feel like it was, um, I don't know. It doesn't feel like it has a lot of, uh, fluff on it. Right. Yeah. I mean, they were definitely, I, I think the, the filmmakers like talked about that they wanted to deliver an hour and a half movie. Like mm-hmm. they didn't want to deliver an epic, uh, in that sense, even though it's epic in scale compared to the show. Um, and I think somebody even mentioned that in one of the like, um, press junkets, like they were interviewing somebody who saw it. And they were saying that it's not just like three episodes um, compiled together, you mm-hmm. know, uh, to make a longer movie. It, they really decide because, um, yeah, one of the ways that they do the show actually in, in terms of with the improv and everything is that they have interchangeable stories. So they can choose to basically switch a, a story in an episode, you know, if they don't like it, if they don't feel like it's working. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're able to to switch it on the fly, but whereas with the movie, they they said like, yeah, we have to like stick to this story, like you know, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I I you mentioned those Judd Apatow movies, like yeah, they're way too long. I mean, I I got sick of them after a while, mm-hmm. um, because yeah, it, just that 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 kind of indulgence of like almost like they they're they're more enjoying themselves making the movie than I am watching it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Whereas it, it, with yeah, it feels like it like it feels like they think they're making a classic. They feel like they're right. making a Caddyshack or something, and so and they're like, "Well, wouldn't Caddyshack have been better with more Bill Murray and more Chevy Chase?" <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, yeah. But we're not this. This isn't Caddyshack, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. Some of those movies shouldn't have been two hours or over two hours. Exactly, like it's yeah. just crazy. But um. Yeah, and I think that, to me, like, some of my favorite comedies, the beauty of it is that they're character-based, and that's where a lot of the humor comes from, is the characters and, um, you know, the decisions the characters make and then the situation that arises from it, mm-hmm. you know? Like, that's really what I think is is what makes a good comedy, especially when it's a movie, because, you know, you, you have to take it somewhere. Yeah. It can't just be like a, a series of, of gags, even though, you know, there are some movies that I do enjoy that are like that, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that that's really it. They they really stuck to it um, with this plot where, you know, it's like they're still going to go on tour de fils. Yeah. But now with, with Bo in tow. And, like, there's this funny scene where, yeah, Eben... Uh, uh, highly like uh, gets her kind of highlight where uh, she's asking Casper, why are you so upset that the the boy is coming canoeing with you guys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so much of that uh, tension, I think, from the movie is that thing where they want to do these quote unquote adult things, but how can you do that with a kid present? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
yeah um, and, and and yeah and like yeah before we get to to the canoe scenes um yeah i, I thought it was funny just like how frank was embarrassed to get the schnozzle but mm-hmm. doing the pearl necklace was like <laughs> like just seemed like something you would do you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and it's like nobody else is seeing that you know it's just him but you know, yeah it's like for sure yeah, and I'm sure uh, Mia's going to be talking about that. And there's, uh, I guess that's also the thing. There's like unquestionable evidence when people see his mother-in-law, she's got an eye patch on and like people are going to ask, why do you have an eye patch? Yeah, and and <laughs> we know he likes honesty. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. funny. Um, yeah. So, so, but, you know, this scene, it is funny and it does kind of move the plot along because after this scene, it feels like Mia is convinced that um, either, you know, she's going to take Bo by herself or she feels like she doesn't want Frank around to help. You know, she, she, you know, obviously Mia is very upset. Right. Um, she's re, she's really considering what to do with the baby. I think at this point, you know, right. she doesn't really trust Frank. And so I think, she wants Frank to then drop Bo off at her parents' house, um, and then, and then he and then he can go on his trip or something like that, um, right? But then this is where he then makes, you know, again that 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 double down that makes it funny is he decides to kidnap Bo, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, and uh yeah, but he does let Mia know <laughs> he's yeah. doing so, you know, and uh uh obviously she can't do anything because he, they're already together and they've taken the canoe. And <laughs> and um Casper is obviously upset. Like he's a he's upset with him initially when he takes Bo with him to Casper's house to pick him up. Yeah. And then he's upset when they, they stop at a gas station slash uh, mini mart <laughs> yeah as well <laughs> yeah but, but I, I i will say like from that from from the pearl necklace through picking up casper and then getting to the gas station all that is like within a quick five minutes and they quickly right. boil down the plot and it, right. you know and they set all the rules of what of what's going to happen in that sequence yeah. and it's like it's actually a pretty well done sequence where you yeah Yeah. you you just you as a viewer even you know having to read you know the subs um it's clear it's clear what's happening and you're in you're like okay here's what's happening they're kidnapping Bo they're gonna try to do the tour the feast or whatever (laughs) yeah Yeah. um (laughs) but also they have to you know watch out for Bo and try to bond with him and try to prove that Frank is a good dad and and all while they're loading up on alcohol and getting ready um <laughs> yeah and they're drinking this uh this particular alcoholic yeah. drink it's uh, called Undeberg yeah what is that <laughs> yeah it's like something that's like you would find in a mini bar uh, I don't know what type of alcohol it is uh, I'm I'm assuming it's like a whiskey yeah I'm or a cu- scotch I'm curious yeah so it's these tiny bottles and they're just downing them throughout the trip and yeah. Bo as kind of a fun little subplot is collecting all their caps. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm looking it up right now. It's a herbal digestive. 
<laughs> what? That's what it says on the website. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, but I guess it, it has alcohol in it. Okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, Bo learns that if you collect all the bottle caps, uh, from this, uh, you can, um, uh, you'll get this like toy truck. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of a little like uh, subplot in the, in the movie where, he, um, he's trying to collect all these caps and, um, uh, I, I don't know for me. Like that's actually something that that's kind of a trigger for me mm. <laughs> in movies when somebody's like trying to do something like collect something, especially a kid. Right. If they're like trying to achieve something and then, you know, something gets in the way of them doing it. Like I feel sad for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that point later on how that pays off. Um, but yeah, they're, they're drinking a lot of Underberg. <laughs> On this trip, yeah, I know. And like, I kind of wish we were drinking Underberg, right? right yeah, now. right. Like, like where? Cool. Yeah, where can you get some Underberg? Maybe some at Bevmo or something. It's gotta be, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'll look for it on my next Bevmo trip. Okay, nice. <laughs> yeah, and maybe I'll send you some. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they're drinking Underberg, and their first encounter. Initially, when I first saw it, I thought. They were um, they were college kids, but it turns out they're high school kids. Yeah, they, they come across a, a a bus or yeah, a, a group of high schoolers on a bus, right? Yeah, 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 and they're on a field trip, and uh, they, they it's basically like I guess on in um the Danish countryside, there's these places that are camping grounds that are along the river trail. Mm-hmm. So like you can take that canoe trip and then there's places where you can stop over, set up your tent and stay there the night or whatever it may be. Um, so once uh, Casper finds out that uh, they're staying at this camp, he's like, we got to go to this camp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so- hang out with them. Yeah, and so this is the first like sense of like, oh, Casper's insane. Like he's <laughs> like he's he's good. He's good. He not only does he like like not mind flirting, but he's gonna try to yeah. hook up with high school girls. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. Oh, and this is the first time we see the man flirting, <laughs> mm-hmm. like how he basically subdues a man. Right. So uh <laughs> this scene just like the first time I ever saw it it made me laugh so much. Yeah. And I had no idea where it was going to pay off yeah. in the way that it does later in the movie, but so he basically explains to um to Frank what you need to do. So he says like, yeah, you know, everybody's kind of a little gay. So yeah. <laughs> you know, all you have to do is like hold them by the the artery, you know, touch them wrist, by their vital yeah. nerve on the wrist. And, you know, kind of hug them. And then, you know, you see, like, when I'm holding you like this, you can't, you can't move. You know, you can't escape from my, <laughs> my grip. And, you know, it's basically this guy where they were renting the canoe from. And the guy's, like, trying to convince him to wear a vest, a life vest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Frank doesn't want to. And he, he even convinces the guy at the end, like, how about you just hang on to it? Yeah. And it's such a brilliant scene, like just the way he pulls it off and explains it after the fact. Yep. And yeah, yeah, and, exactly. Man, so okay, man, yeah, man, man, flirting. Yeah. yeah, man, flirting. <laughs> yeah, because even even though the movie's in Danish, there's still like some English words mm-hmm. there. Yep. Like even some of the cursing, like I understand it. Like I don't know if it's the same in Danish or it's just, um, uh, they're they're actually cursing in English, right? Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, <laughs> so the man flirting that's uh, that's established, and uh, so they go to this camp, and um, I think this is the first time we hear about the Willy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> both. <laughs> so um, uh, so when they they go to pee, uh, Frank is obviously at the uni- urinal. And he sees Bo like sitting down and he's like, why don't you close the door when you poop? <laughs> and Bo is like, I'm, I'm not pooping. Yeah. I'm just yeah. being. And it turns out that, you know, uh, Bo is just more comfortable, uh, peeing sitting down. And it's probably because he's ashamed of his little thing, which apparently is like smaller mm-hmm. than the average. <laughs> yeah. He has a, he, I guess you would say a micro pee. Yeah, Something exactly. Along that lines, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and, and so yeah, yeah. He ends up getting teased, I think, by some right. of the other boys there at the camp. And yeah. and also because he's he's not used to peeing standing up, he ends up peeing all over himself. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, <laughs> so so Frank, in his uh, you know like well intentions, <laughs> goes to stand up for for Bo. And he obviously notices that these these kids that bullied um, Bo are like little shits, and um, you know don't even respect him as an adult. And is again like you know I guess this is the thing with Frank. He just will suddenly act on impulse. Um, so initially he like walks away, but then he realizes that oh, man, I I can't let this little shit yeah, get away with it. Something, yeah. Yeah. So so he runs towards the the kid and then pulls his pants down. Yeah. In front of all the other kids in I guess that's the play area, the playground. Mm-hmm. And then he runs away. Yeah, he runs away and quickly gets tackled by the kid's dad who's <laughs> who like to who's, be there. who's just like what are you doing? Why are you touching another yeah. kid? Yeah, why you are you why, why yeah, you pervert, you know, so he's getting, you know, hit hit with all that shame. I th- right. Um. I think the other, you know, he's trying to defend himself and explain it, but it's not, you know, it's not going his way. Right. And, um, I mean, I think he this ultimately, he ultimately, I think, gets kicked. Like, th- this is what gets them kicked out of the of the camp. I think. Right. He um uh he gets in trouble with Papa Bear, <laughs> which is the name of the camp. It's Papa Bear's camp, yeah. and Papa Bear is the proprietor of the yeah. camp. And I mean, th- this is the funniest thing to me about the movie too that I've just noticed after repeat viewings is this like this repeating motif of like really serious people who are like in positions of authority, like exerting that authority over Frank. You mm-hmm. know, <laughs> so the, just the way Papa Bear like doesn't want to listen to Frank's side of it, you know, is like you know you have to leave, like um... <laughs> yeah. And then, um, so, uh, like, uh, Casper has now, like, ingratiated himself within the camp of these high schoolers, you know, playing his harmonica, <laughs> trying to be the cool older dude. Yeah. You know, well, and he has he, wine, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's, like, letting them drink. And then when Casper tells him that, hey, we've been kicked out, he's like, no, I, I didn't get kicked out. You did. You yeah. <laughs> it's not just, you know, and it's like, well, um, uh yeah can i just stay with uh with one of you in yeah he's referring to the high schoolers and then all the girls are like well we don't want to like let a stranger like an older man stay with us i mean you can stay with the boys and he's like no i don't want to stay with the boys how about the ladies like yeah (laughs) is there anybody who's like willing to put up with me (laughs) yeah and then he he essentially gets rejected and kind of acts 
very pouty and like how right. dare you like not let me <laughs> sleep with you yeah i'm giving you free a... drinks yeah yeah i think he and... might even say this is supposed to be the tour you know <laughs> the <feast>. yeah <laughs> you know it's like yeah, he, yeah he's just kind of like letting it all out and i think yeah the bus driver eventually comes over yeah um, he, i think he's also their teacher he's like yeah, um yeah he's right yeah he's the yeah. guardian yeah yeah um, so their guardian kind of chases them away, and I think they they have to go wake up Bo maybe, and they canoe. Yeah. Do they canoe away at this point? I for, I kind of right. Forget. Yeah, yeah. They they canoe away, and then they um they basically like set up camp on just like you know the countryside, like somewhere further down. Yeah, yeah, far further down the river, but, and um, um but the, but they get woken up to a to. A, <laughs> A pretty interesting situation here. <laughs> so, yeah, so Casper completely naked, <laughs> canoeing down the river, tells him, we got to go, we got to go. <laughs> yeah, we got to go, we got to go. Yeah. And, and he's yeah. in a full panic. And yeah. um, and so, you know, it's being shot from Frank's perspective. And so we're kind of waking up with Frank and Bo, and Frank's trying to right. you know ask Casper what's happening. And it's something like, I've, like I don't know if you can hear if you can hear the canoers in the background yelling rape, but right, but definitely at some point it's either Frank or Casper is like 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 they allude to that the the campers are accusing rape and yes, Frank, yeah. Frank's like what what happened and, 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 right and and Casper is like not really answering it but he's also like not. He, <laughs> He's not saying it was a rape, but he's also not not saying it. No, yeah, what he's saying is basically like, uh, you know, I was trying to get with one of the girls, but now they're accusing me of, of like rape. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he's. But I don't think they use the word rape. Like he, he he's like right. basically saying that there was some sort of misunderstanding. Yeah, but he's obviously completely naked. It's just yeah, something. it does not look good for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's, it's, so it's, something. Yeah, it's it's pretty. It's it's <laughs> top level scoundrel antics, and they are right. having to run away from the mob yeah. on canoes, right? And, and uh, they're able to kind of luckily hide out, you know, in some you know in an area and 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 let the people kind of pass by, right? Um, but yeah, but that that's like the first gr- great escape of many. I feel like <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a few, and um, what this leads to is an argument. Uh, between Frank and Casper, uh, to the point that they capsize the boat. <laughs> right. Yeah, and, and everything falls in. Yeah, everything falls in, including the bag of caps. And yeah, and that think, that's where my heart sank. Yeah, and <laughs> that I think happened. This, this is where you find out. I think Cas- both Casper and Bo, I think, can't swim. So I think Frank kind of helps them both get to safety. And right, I think they rescue the caps um, also. Um, I don't think they do. Okay. Yeah, because uh, uh, yeah, that that will figure later on. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they so yeah, they forget about the caps. Um, but they they manage to like reach the shore, and uh, it happens to be uh, I guess um a lot um of this lady who happens to have a cottage, and she kind of takes them in, lets them like dry off their clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, she feeds them like these lovely crepes. Yeah, you know, that looks so tasty. Rania. And she like, yeah, Rania, and she builds like a stack. 
Like, it's yeah, <laughs> she made them a, a lot of food. Like, it, it, yeah. it, it was like they could not have stumbled into like a better home to kind of get warm and to get their clothes made and all that stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and there, there's even like a little callback to we forgot to mention because it's just like kind of a throwaway gag where basically, um, for breakfast and the uh, pastries, like uh, Frank likes to eat the the pastry with custard on it, but that's the one that Bo's already eating, so he kind of tries to steal it from Bo. Yeah, and then Mia suddenly walks in and is like, "What are you doing?" Like, you know? <laughs> so and then he's like, "Oh no, you know, he wanted to try this one with the jam." You know? <laughs> He's like trying, yeah. and so um, when uh, Rania asks, like, "Who wants the last pancake?" Like, uh, um, like Frank raises his hand, but Bo wants it too, and obviously she gives it to Bo. But then Bo is like, "No, here you have it." You know, it's like a really nice gesture, and yeah, that is one of the things for all like the you know the raunchy, scandalous humor in the movie. It it really has heart too, mm-hmm. you know, totally. and that that that's one of those those moments. Um, and, and obviously, uh, Casper is, is a man on a mission, you know, he's, he's got to do his, uh, tour de fils mm-hmm. and, uh, Rania seems game for it. You know, it's like, yeah. um, so Bo ends up like sleeping on, I guess the bench that, uh, is in the breakfast nook mm-hmm. and, uh, they all share the same bed that <laughs> Rania sleeps in. So, uh, Rania's in the middle, uh, Casper is on one side, and then, uh, Frank is on the other. Yeah. And something's gonna go down, and <laughs> Frank just, like, basically just wants to go to sleep. I mean, you know, obviously they had quite a day, and... Yeah, I yeah. mean, uh, you know, something going down is an understatement. Uh, Rania <laughs> and Casper are just, are straight slamming, and, um, <laughs> and, um... And, and for, that some, wakes and up for some reason, again, you know, it's either Casper is a psychopath or he's just a great friend. He's just <laughs> like, Frank, you got to get in on this. And Frank's like, just let <laughs> he me keeps go to bed. Him. Yeah. yeah, tapping him on the shoulder. It's like, come on, do something. And, yeah, and so, uh, so you know, all, you know, ultimately, um, Casper convinces Frank to get involved by sticking his finger in her butt, and. He does it, or like, yeah, yeah it, it, it like, like I had to rewind it because, like, the first time I didn't quite believe that he actually did it. Like, I thought he, <laughs> I thought he like forgot to, or like, he, but yeah, you clearly see his hand kind of go up in there. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I want to break this down a little bit. Yeah. Um, so one thing is that Rania actually offers to give him a BJ, right? And he kind of says, I'm good. <laughs> He yeah, he's like, oh, oh no, thank you. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> yeah no, okay. thank you. I'm, <laughs> I'm okay. As if she's offering more pancakes, right? And then, um, the way I mean, you know, Frank Havram, the performer. Okay, mm-hmm. the way he does the the finger up the yeah. ass is incredible. Yeah, like he does it in the most like polite way possible. <laughs> Yeah, which is like you know, um, because it is around the time he sticks his finger in and he does it kind of like a way a doctor would, yeah, you know, just like checking, checking for something, yeah, yeah. And then as soon as you know, because uh, Frank, uh, I mean, sorry, Casper climaxes, um, he he realizes okay, it's over. He he takes his finger and then he kind of like puts the the sheet up like again against her butt and then yeah. kind of pats it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so well done like yeah. uh, just those little details like that the way that they do it right and just 
yeah, leading up to it, the, the back and forth between Casper and Frank was really good. Yeah, um, yeah, the tapping you know, on the shoulder and then, yeah. you know... Frank being annoyed, yeah. Right, and then the next morning, you know, like, uh, <laughs> obviously, uh, Casper is re-energized and he's, like, you know, giving <laughs> um, yeah. Frank a high five. And, yeah. You know, saying, this is it. This is Tour de Fice, you know, it's <laughs> coming true. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, he's asking where um, Raina is and apparently she, like, went on a walk. And when she comes back, she's kind of like standoffish, mm-hmm. and um, you know they they notice that it's like, uh, are you upset? What's wrong? And then she's like, uh, I've been giving it some thought, and I feel like my boundaries were uh, were violated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, in a serious movie, this scene could be played off as like something kind of tragic, and like you know, these guys are terrible people, right. and you know, uh, but. For some reason, the way it's done, mm-hmm. it it's like because it's a comedy of manners. It's like because um, there's even a part where I think Casper is kind of gaslighting her, where she's like, you know, well, you know, Frank had fun, you know, you had fun, right? You know, <laughs> yeah, thing, yeah, he's kind of trying to do that. Um, but I don't know. It's it's just the way that they pull it off in the scene. Um, th- there's still like humor within that scene. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in in the way that they do, it. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, like, it's it's still definitely funny. It's still, um, you know, I feel like it's less about like a violation and more about Rania just regrets. Yes, you know, she just she kinda, had hey, buyer's like, remorse. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, you know what? I feel a little less dignified mm-hmm. than than I did yesterday. So I'd like you guys to leave. You know, they, like she's not yes. she's not terribly upset with them, but you know, but she has clear boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, but I, I, I think, but so they ultimately, that's what, you know, leads them to leave this area and start canoeing down to the, um, to the music festival. Festival. Yes. But, um, but also I think also maybe before the sex scene is, you know, there's some good bonding, I think, between Frank and Bo where he's teaching them how to swim and oh, I forgot to, about that. Yeah, starting yeah. to kind of connect is what you're saying, right? Because like, up up until then, Bo was just kind of along for the ride, and I think a little scared of what was going to happen, but is kind of like in sh- you know shell shocked to be in this situation and um, just to be along for this ride. Whereas I, I think now he's you know he's starting to warm up to Frank, right? Yeah. Right, yeah, man, I, I completely forgot about that scene, but yeah, it's a great scene because mm-hmm. he's like really encouraging to Bo. It's like, yes, you're doing it, you know, you're paddling. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it's such a good scene. Yeah. Oh man, um, yeah, so, so yeah, they could. Yeah, yeah, he he's he's definitely could be father material at this point, right? You know, you know, you know finger in the butt aside, you know, like <laughs> oh yeah, okay. And I, oh, this was the other thing too. We forgot to mention this detail that um, you know. Uh, Casper basically lays out the hierarchy of needs. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, he, he basically says pussy over fatherhood, okay? So pussy's up here and then fatherhood next. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he says. Um, so yeah, they go to this film, uh, this music festival, which was actually a real music festival that was happening. Okay. Um, so they, they filmed it and a lot of people who were there were attendees of the music festival. These were not extras. Okay, um, so so that person, Medina, 
That's mm-hmm. like a, a famous singer? Yeah, yeah. She's a musician. Yeah. So okay. it was like they were encountering these celebrities um, while they were there. And, you know, obviously um, uh, they had their picture taken with her, which pays off later on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh yeah so uh yeah Bo's having a good time and they um they encountered their their bald friend with the glasses Lars again mm-hmm. and uh Lars basically gives them the um <laughs> there's a name they call it the bum Carl <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's uh yeah it's basically a joint that's like gonna put you out of commission like right. it's such a strong joint strong strong weed yeah yeah and uh, and so under that influence, you know, Bo is like sleeping in the tent, and they're like, "Yeah, we need to see this uh, this little Willie." You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is a key scene. Yeah, yeah, it's a very key scene. So, um, uh, they decide to take a, a photo of it. <laughs> well, a couple of photos <laughs> of the thing, and yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, it, like, like, who, who has the idea to take the photo? <laughs> I think it's Casper. Yeah, it's definitely Casper. <laughs> and again, it's like another way that the the movie and the TV show shows how they're doing terrible things. You know, <laughs> these these terrible things, but you can laugh at it because you know that it's gonna bite them in the ass later on. Mm-hmm. It's like nobody gets away with anything in in the movie or the TV show. You know, it's like you all they they all get their comeuppance. So that's what makes it funny. It's like even when somebody's doing something bad, the humor stems from the consequences of the that bad behavior. Yeah, yeah, it's only building. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's just like another prank that's very juvenile that like high school kids would do. You know. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and these are forty-year-old men. Is it in this scene that they show the pictures? To some um, of the of their friends, yeah, yeah, including Medina. <laughs> Medina, Medina sees it. yeah, yeah. She's smoking with them, and it, it, this is, I guess, the most sitcommy like bit that happens in the movie, where you know they're all talking about it and they don't realize that Bo is awake behind them and listening. Because right. yeah. even like the 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 women that they're with are also laughing at how tiny right. the Willie is. <laughs> yeah, and so I guess so in 2010. You yes. know, this, you know, in, in Europe and, you know, you know, you know, this kind of, that kind of humor has a certain connotation. Seeing it in 2022 eyes, it's very much like, oh, is, is that child porn? Like, like, <laughs> like, like, have they all been, you know, now, um, you know, are they now accomplices to a crime, you know, essentially or something, <laughs> you know, like it, it right. just has a different connotation. Whereas I think. Maybe at the time it was it's just gross humor and also like you know I like to imagine that Europeans aren't as prudish about this kind of stuff. Right. But also I think they are, you know, sim- you know there's enough overlap in the humor where they're aware that this is definitely crossing a line. Oh um, yeah. But it's also yeah, I mean in the world of the and and again maybe this is what makes it easier to watch as a someone who's, you know, for, you know, um not Danish. Right. It's easier to watch a Danish film doing this stuff than it would be to watch Will Ferrell or something doing it. Because like, right. there's like a different American connotation on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I 
Uh, I'm sure, like, because this movie was such a big hit in Denmark, mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually attempted to to do an American remake uh, of Clown. But yeah, they just wouldn't be able to go there. <laughs> yeah, like, I read I read somewhere that I think Todd Phillips. Oh wow, ha- is like had had bought the rights, or and mm-hmm. um, they might make it. They might make an American version at some point, but it's you know yeah it's like it's uh, still a ways off. But uh, yeah, I think it's in the top Phillips first. Oh man, well I don't know. I, I think because Joker was such a big hit for him, I think he's 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 dedicating mm-hmm. all his energies yeah. to that. Um, sure. But I, I, I I'm not surprised that it would be Todd Phillips because I guess out of all his generation of comedic directors. He's always kind of been pushing the envelope, especially with like road trip, you know. Um, so yeah. yeah, he he would be able to pull it off, but not at this like level though. Like just showing the little Willy thing, like so much of it, I think context matters. Like you mentioned the year that it was made, but also it's just yeah, the uh, Europeans like. Um, attitude towards nudity is just yeah not as prudish as it is um here or even in the uk you know which is basically why i think america is so puritan about these things is because of the british influence mm-hmm. you know like it's still passed on generations later that you know nudity is such a big deal like i i mean i remember uh just being in europe and like yeah nudity is not a big deal like uh there there's yeah. a french um, music channel i don't um, know if it's still around, but it, it was called MCM, and I would watch music videos on there, and they would be totally uncensored. You yeah. know, like music videos that you wouldn't be able to see here in America, or you would see like the blurred version. I mean, one that I, like was surprising to me that I never realized that that wasn't part of the effect of the video. Do you remember the Ava Door video, Smashing Pumpkins? Oh, uh, I don't remember this. Oh, one, okay. No. So um, the video is done all in one shot. Like it's like a one like tracking shot, like panning through like a studio and it's Billy Corgan like moving through the frame. And there's like things happening in the background. And there's a sex scene that's shown in in the video um, in the background. But the the video, every time it's been broadcast on MTV, it was always like this sensor, like this blur sensor. And it's weird because Billy Corgan's moving in front of it. So Billy Corgan kind of acts as like a a windshield wiper. (laughs) So he's not blurred out. But then the scene is being blurred out behind him as he's moving through the frame. That's cool. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But like I saw it on MCM and like, yeah, completely uncensored. Like they. (laughs) Yeah. And then like Prodigy's um, Smack My Bitch Up, which is like, I think, banned from MTV. Like MTV will never show that music video. Um Yeah, so that one I saw on MCM. And, you know, this was, like, during the daytime. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but, yeah, like, I think in, in Europe, like, their whole rule, they have, like, this kind of watershed rule, which is basically that after 9 p.m., like, it's all fair game. Like, you can like show... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can show anything explicit. So, you know, you better put your kids to sleep by, by yeah, 9 exactly. p.m. That's good. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, they're, they're very, like, liberal with, with that kind of stuff, yeah. other than the Brits. Yeah. But most the rest of Europe, like nudity is nothing. And I mean, I think they also distinguish between what's like sexualized nudity and just like normal nudity. Right. <laughs> this is like, you know, like, yeah, they have nude beaches. You know, it's like there's 
it's only sexual because some people make it that way but for yeah. other people it's just like you know them being yeah uh free <laughs> right exactly yeah um, so yeah i'm on i'm on the clown wiki and so yeah i think the todd phillips danny mcbride version oh my god danny mcbride that would be was, awesome was that was i think suggested i think it looks like 2012 and then in 2016, mm. it was changed to possibly have Sasha Baron Cohen instead. Oh but, man! But I, but but that's where the trail dies. So six years ago, okay. there was still a little juice of, of making an American adaptation. But I think it's probably dead at this point. Yeah, yeah. and and I, I'm not really sure. Um, even though obviously Sasha Sasha Baron Cohen does edgy comedy as well, that he he's the right guy for it because so much mm-hmm. of it is like playing a persona of themselves and Sasha Baron Cohen always hides behind a character and it always is like kind of a larger than life exaggerated mm-hmm. character whereas that's why I mean uh I guess uh, I'll make a confession I'm a big Danny McBride fan like mm-hmm. <laughs> anything Danny McBride is in I will watch yeah like he's just so good he's and so the free. thing is he's so naturally funny you know right and then the thing about him is that he's just basically playing Danny McBride as mm-hmm. whatever, like Danny McBride as a vice principal, Danny yeah. McBride as a as a a, a baseball relief pit pitcher. You yeah, <laughs> it's like every role is Danny McBride, regardless of what time period it is. Like in Your Highness, he's like a knight. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, I could see him being a good surrogate for Frank. Yeah, um, or, or know, even um, Casper because of you know he oh, he, sure. he yeah he has the. He has all the bad ideas. The confidence, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the confidence, yeah. yeah. I, I, Yeah, somebody more, a little more timid, I think, would be better for Frank. Sure. Yeah, Maybe yeah he, like, um, like, like Ed Helms or, or something. Yeah, like, like or um, yeah. who's the guy that he always works with that's like in um, Eastbound and Down and he's, oh, um, he, yeah, he's the guy who's like the, the teacher who's kind of... Um, oh, Stevie? Yeah, Stevie, yeah. Yeah, who is yeah, that man. guy? Oh, uh, my God. Steve Little? Is that his name? Um, yeah, it's I'm looking it John up, Hikes. right? Um, yeah, it's it's Steve Little. Yeah, he yeah. he plays Stevie Jan- Janowski. So, so funny. That yeah, guy would be yeah, really yeah. Funny. I would love to see a clown remake with Dan McBride and, and totally. Steve Little. Oh, my God. They would be perfect. Yeah, I love. Yeah, well, great. Yeah, yeah. So if if they try, but yeah, again, like this is such a key element in the movie, so much so that in the special features of the Blu-ray, there's actually a scene, uh, like a special feature, like little sequence called the making of the Willy. <laughs> they just <laughs> dedicated to that, um, and they basically explain how it. It's obviously not the actor who plays Bo. It's not his real. <laughs> Uh, penis it's like um it's made out of latex and it's stretchable and they show how basically they they put it on oh. him oh yeah. thank god <laughs> yeah because <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean. it's, def- it's you know it's definitely a scene where it def it gives me the groin chills thinking mm. about it like you know like what what it would have been like to have shot that or whatever so right yeah, okay or like how how traumatizing that would be for yeah. the the child actor you know yeah <laughs> if totally. it was really them making fun of it but uh no he was game he he really was having a blast making totally. that movie love it um so um, yeah that leads um, to bo running away 
yeah, this whole situation with Bo like overhearing and seeing them like laughing at the photo of his willy um <laughs> ends up with him running away. Mm-hmm. And uh Frank gives chase and I can't remember like I guess Casper just doesn't do anything. It, it's just such a weird thing with his character where like he wants to have a good time and he wants others to have a good time as well, but mm-hmm. selfishly, it's like, yeah. you know, so whenever anything else like encroaches on that good time, he's just like, ah, I'll, I'll let it go. So, yeah, yeah, I think they're, they're pretty zonked out from the weed and they're getting yeah. drunk. And yeah, and so, yeah, Casper's totally fine hanging out with all the musicians and Lars and have a, you know, gallivanting while Frank is on a pretty epic run <laughs> where he he slowly starts to lose his clothing. I yeah, think, he, he slips run. in the mud and then he was just like, okay, it's dirty now. I got to take off my shirt. <laughs> yeah, and and gets fully into the, the, you know, the clown regalia here. Yeah. You don't no, even like know it, actually how he loses his pants. Like what happens yeah. to his pants? Like how did he yeah. lose his pants as well? Yeah. Um, <laughs> And yeah, so again, like going back that it's, it's a real music festival and he does actually interrupt, um, a performance. <laughs> mm-hmm. He goes yeah, on, he stage. on stage. Yeah. yeah. And then the crowd reaction is real. Like they're all booing him because they're in, he's interrupting <laughs> this song. They think he's just some sort of crazy fan who went on stage <laughs> mm-hmm. looking for Bo. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but the artist actually knew that. He was going to do that, that it was all set up. And even like I, I found out actually the song that he's performing, the title of the song is Stupid Man. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so, yeah, it was very appropriate for, for Frank to uh, to go on stage so and interrupt yeah. the song. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, um, it, and, and he does a good job. It's a good, it's a nice embarrass, embarrassing scene. Yeah. You know, he's basically just yelling Bo in a very funny way and. <laughs> Um, and he gets escorted off, and he wakes up, passed out in the dirt, yeah, uh, face down, and um, you know, eventually has to go and look for Bo. And then I think it's in this scene while while um Frank is stumbling back to the camp that he sees. Is this where he sees Casper in a interesting? predicament (laughs) yeah so actually um we should go back to that he actually encounters the teacher who was heading that high school field trip again the night before Mm -hmm. and then uh it it seems like you know casper is is doing his man flirting thing again you know it's (laughs) but we finally see it pays off in this way which is (laughs) um it's more than just man flirting (laughs) Yeah, it's, apparently uh, the, this um the the guardian of the high school group is is a gay man. Yes. And does not mind Casper's flirting and decides <laughs> to take him up on some sodomy. Yeah. Um and and it's like right in the it's like right in the morning time. Right. And, yeah, it, it, it's Frank like sees dawn. it and yeah. <laughs> and then it, it's just this funny thing of like Frank has this little smirk on his face. Yeah. Because he realizes what's going on. And yeah. then, you know, Casper like ends it, you know, like mm-hmm. mid thrust, <laughs> like doesn't yeah. even let the guy finish yeah. and um, just catches up to, 
mm-hmm. to um uh to Frank, who now even still in his like whiteies and uh, yeah. um his wife beater, uh now also has like a chef's jacket on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because um when he wakes up, he's actually right outside like a kind of a kebab stand mm-hmm. yeah and the guy's like um you gotta leave you know I- i'm opening up soon <laughs> yeah and then so, he's yeah the, the one thing i um did we is did we skip the scene where they go to the um to the prostitutes or mm-hmm. oh. is that later is that after oh this? Oh, no, that happened that night. Yeah, I, I forgot. Oh, okay. So they okay. get to the music. Yeah, yeah, we did skip it. So um, they, they go to the music festival. They meet up with Lars. And uh, so Lars is also going to this. Um, it's it's an annual thing where basically uh, Bent, the head of the, the book club, like gathers the best uh, prostitutes from all around the world in this one location, yeah. one night only. <laughs> Yeah, this feels uh, very Epstein. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. like it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, it, it whole t- it, it ties into your idea too of of them being this elite group. Yeah, it's very yeah. eyes wide shut. Yeah, right. Gotcha. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like actually, if eyes wide shut was 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 a comp was a was like the office. Yeah, right. And um, they actually talk about that in the in the making of too that um, uh, they oh. they knowingly were referring to to eyes wide shut. Oh, um, nice. yeah, because, uh, uh, like, um, they're, they're just like fooling around on the piano and like Casper says like, oh, how do you play that eyes wide shut, like piano theme? And he's only <laughs> right. able to play one note. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that was one of the notes. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, th- there's definitely a lot of that symbolism. It's a fancy house. You see like men basically with two ladies, you know, mm-hmm. on each arm. Um, and, uh. And yeah, like it, it's an exclusive club and you have to be on the list. And uh, Lars gets in, no problem. Casper as well. But then when it gets to Frank, they're like, no, I don't think you're on the list. <laughs> yeah, because he's too ugly, apparently. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that again, this this whole th- mo- re- repeating motif of the, the authority figure rejecting Frank. <laughs> so Bent basically exercises that. And then he even calls back to like, you didn't even read the book in the book club and you wouldn't take a beak tweak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and then, yeah, Frank's objection is hilarious too. Cause he was like, well, why did you let Lars in? He's uglier than me. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Cause like, yeah, I love how Bent like phrases it. He's like, you know, we have a standard to maintain. <laughs> we have, yeah. you know, with like, uh, you're too ugly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so. And so ultimately, it ends with him with uh, Frank accepting a schnozzle. Yeah, um, and it makes his nose bleed. <laughs> makes his nose bleed, which then is then gives gives Bent reason for him to not be admitted. Yeah, like, and so yeah, he has totally to just hang out here. in the canoe while while Lars and um, Casper have a have a have a grand time in there. And so you don't really see what happens right in in the brothel. But you see, it's, I think some time has passed. They come back to the canoe, who hooting and hollering about how how great it was, and <laughs> yeah. it was the best trip ever. And right. then I think that's when they go back to the camp. That's and right. Then end up hanging out with the musicians. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, I can't okay. believe I I missed that key scene. Like in the recap, that that was. Oh sure. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you brought that up. That's great. Um, yeah, and then of course that situation happens, and then the next morning, 
Um, yeah, they 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 regroup. They're still looking for Bo, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just love how how Casper plays it like so casually, like nonchalantly, like oh, you know, uh, you probably saw what was happening, but uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and Frank kind of is like knows, but also at the time doesn't care. You know, he's right? Like, yeah, whatever. We're you know we're uh, we're trying to find Bo, right? And, and um. um yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, just a uh, kind of a behind the scenes thing, like a testament to, like uh, how they they, you know, refine their craft when making this movie. They actually shot that scene twice. So um, they initially like did one part where it was uh, Casper who was sodomizing the teacher, and then the the one that ended up in the movie, which is the better decision, I think, was. Uh, Casper yeah. being sodomized by the teacher. Yeah, totally. <laughs> because uh, again, it's that subversion of yeah. like you know you see Casper at his most vulnerable, and it's like you even try to question everything that come came before of like, oh, is he just like that horny that he'll? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. He's, is he bi? You know, is like all these things. And to see the payoff of the man flirting backfire yes. on him, you know, yeah. <laughs> or maybe that wasn't the backfire. That was right. actually, yeah, how it was supposed to go. Intended, That's a, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because all the other man flirting, like, situations, you know, it, it's like uh, a single purpose. Like, it, it's just that brief moment in time. But this one, because it, it, it ended up lasting that entire night, it, that's probably the logical conclusion <laughs> of where mm-hmm. it ends up. Um, and so, yeah, they, they suddenly see Mia and Eben there at the, um, the venue and they're like, Oh, where's Bo? And then Frank, again, you know, um, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah. He says that, Oh, he's just, uh, playing somewhere. Yeah. And, he's playing with his friends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and obviously Mia was trying to catch him on a lie. And then it's like, well, what, how, you know, how come we've heard that he's now in hospital? That he almost drowned, you know, yeah. and then it, it turns out, yeah, and this is why, like, they weren't able to, re- they didn't retrieve those bottle caps when the when the boat capsized. Mm-hmm. Bo went swimming to try and retrieve them, you know, because right. um, I think how many did they need to collect? It's like two hundred eighty-eight. Was the number? Yeah. yeah so, yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, he he went back, but he ended up drowning, and he was in hospital. And uh, obviously, he's very upset with uh, with Frank and Casper, and um, <laughs> and and and, the, and, and and Mia ultimately breaks up with him. I think in the hospital. Y- scene. Yeah, she even says like, uh, "I think I, I might I might get an abortion," um, because yeah, she obviously feels like he's not ready, uh-huh. and um, and then Eben, <laughs> like this is another ridiculous scene. Um, so they find out who who was able to rescue. Um, uh, Bo, and it makes total sense because you know when they capsized, it was right outside of Rania's mm-hmm. um house, so she was able to rescue him um from drowning, uh, because that's where he was trying to to find the caps again. Yeah, and um, and Rania basically just you know he's, she still has she spills the beans. Yeah, she has the same demeanor that she had when they last saw her, and yeah. she's like, yeah, this is what happened, you know, like. <laughs> Frank, uh, I mean, uh, Casper fucked me while uh, uh, fr- uh, Frank had his finger up my ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she says it in, like, the most matter-of-fact way. Mm-hmm. And then... And, 
It's kind of it's it, it's kind of relieving because now like most of the cards are on the table. Yeah, you know, you kind of see Ibin and Mia. You know, faces turn. I think Ibin hits Casper. Yeah, with like a a, va- a metal vase. A vase <laughs> right in the nose. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so you you know there it's you know it's I think she storms off. Casper yeah. is now aware of like just like the, ram- the the ramifications of all their actions, right? Um, Bo's in the hospital. This is like low point for almost everybody. Um, and yeah, I, I, I like this is a very memorable scene. This was a, I think I thought a, a very good scene, and um, yeah, you 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 certainly feel for everybody. And at this right. point, it's like I'm also at as the viewer, just like I don't know how they're gonna get out of it. Like I, I like right. I don't know how the movie goes on. You know, like like it it does a good job of getting to a low point, but then you know there are there, there are enough breadcrumbs that they've laid to kind of see a path. Um, and so ultimately, what happens next? Somehow they end up. Um, are they uh, taking? Yeah, somehow they have to. Um, like, how do they get to the, to the to the next part of their plan. Um, okay, so uh, there's a little moment to uh, that we have to cover before yeah. the the final act of the yeah. film. So, because uh, I I thought this was also kind of a a touching gesture that um, the Frank basically decides to. Um, well, I guess Casper puts him up to it, but he's like to take all the blame. That basically says that yes. um, Reina, uh, like misremembered (laughs) what happened i was actually the one having sex with her and it was casper um who who put his finger (laughs) up her ass and i i put casper up to it you know and then uh eben believes (laughs) yeah that's a a, a, that's a a silly but also it's believable in the world of clown but just like how quickly she went from being upset to kind of Turning on Frank and, and right. being like, Casper, you cannot hang out with this guy anymore. He's a monster. <laughs> yeah, and obviously it, it's the exact opposite. Yeah, exactly. And um, but yeah, it, I guess this is part of of um Frank like um realizing how he needs to redeem himself, and so he he again takes Bo from the hospital, like disconnects him from all the the yeah. IVs and everything is a EKG, whatever it may be <laughs> that mm-hmm. he's connected to. And they they take him out of the hospital and like decide to continue their trip. And he decides like, yeah, we need to um, we're gonna hitchhike and uh, we're gonna grab some more underbugs and uh, collect all those caps for you and get this little truck that you want mm-hmm. <laughs> for yeah. you. And and when they're hitchhiking, do do they get picked up right away by the um by the school bus? Um, uh, it's the only ride that that will take them like they they yeah. uh, they can't get any other rides it seems like okay. everybody's just driving past them and then the bus shows up and it's the school bus it's a high school teacher with the students again <laughs> right um, and so and 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 the, and the teacher makes casper sit at the front and he <laughs> can continue so to funny. flirt with them yeah yeah and then they make yeah. all these stops to pick up like the underbergs from different convenience stores and gas yeah. stations and everybody's drinking including the, the students yeah, they're all helping so everyone... them drink yeah. yeah, everyone. I, so, so yeah. It's like I, I, again. I, I don't know what the alcohol content is, but yeah, I suppose, I suppose you can get drunk. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and I, so, I, yeah, everyone's having a good time. Yeah, and and the drinking age is significantly lower. I, I I'm sure some Rally, of them are 18, yeah. so they could drink. <laughs> sure. Um. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so they end up collecting all the caps, and then they they decide to go to the Underberg factory <laughs> to pick yeah. up the the truck. And yes, uh, and and it's here that you that that, <laughs> that like the final straw breaks. Right. That um that. I guess they've run out of trucks to give out. Yeah, yeah. They have one truck that's behind the desk, but they say, oh, we can't give this to you because this is just the the display, the display. model. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's like, you know, we, we collected all these caps and you've run out of trucks. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you can't, uh, like, uh, Frank is livid. And they end up calling, um, I, manager, I'm a, right? yeah, the manager, or I assume he's like the head of the company or something. And he comes down, and then it's 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 Frank's uh, very failed attempt to to do man flirting. <laughs> yeah, really good man flirting. Yeah, it's um, like so stiff and awkward. <laughs> yeah, very aggressive yeah. in a way. Um, and ultimately, I think security gets called on all of them, and they're kicked out. Right, which then leads to a really like another alarming. Scene that you would only see in a jackass film, where right. it's like I cannot, or, or yeah, like it's just Michael Scott esque, right? Um, I think he, um, at some point, someone reveals that they have a Luger. I think it was it's maybe yeah. one of the high school students. Yeah, yeah, it's early on, like um, when they they're first at the Papa Bear camp. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then uh, uh, it's fun. It's funny how that plays out too, because Casper is like basically like kind of putting them in their place and, you know, um, uh, expressing, you know, it's like, I'm the cool older man. Mm -hmm. So it's like he, he unloads it for them and says, how stupid are you bringing a gun here? And then, yeah, this, this Luger, uh, ends up being like, um, uh, Frank going back into the, the factory and saying like, give me that truck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hold, hold them up. Yeah. So he now has the truck. They're trying to make an escape, but Bo is peeing um, yeah. outside on the yeah. bushes, and so they're all waiting and stalling. And everyone <laughs> is a little like frantic, but yeah. Frank's actually proud. Frank's yeah, yeah. Like, it's he's a- like, no, he's peeing standing up. This is a big deal. Yeah, yeah. We will wait. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, take your time, take your time. You know? Yeah, it's take like, your time, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's yeah. a great moment. That and, is a great one. Yeah. yeah. And then what ends up happening is he, he gives them the truck and then for some reason he doesn't get on the bus with them. Like he, he kind of acts as, I guess, the, the decoy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then they, they arrest him and, uh, he ends up like meeting with his lawyer and the lawyer's like, uh, I got a really good deal for you. You only have to do six months. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he, he's still going to jail. But it's kind of revealed that the jail that he went to is kind of like a um, a minimum security type prison, probably like more like a white collar type sure. jail, country club type thing. Yeah. Uh, but he does mention after he gets out that is like to to Casper and to uh, Lars that uh, you know, well, how come you guys never visited? It was like an open prison. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and they they both like make excuses, and um, yeah, Casper's yeah, is hilarious because he's like, "Oh, Evan doesn't want me to 
to get a, like she doesn't want me hanging out with you, you know. Yeah. And then he hits on um the the cocktail waitress to serving the hors d'oeuvres. Right. Yeah. yeah. Scoundrel. Oh he, man. He just cannot stop. Yeah. And so yeah, what yeah, what's they're at um they're at some kind of a a, a banquet. Like what's the event that they're attending? Is it, I th- is is it, it just Frank's it can't just be that Frank's added jail <laughs> you know that was part of it but i thought it was like bo's birthday i think oh maybe yeah. yeah 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 and then um and then there's another kind of payoff when uh apparently people just pee in in their backyards <laughs> they, yeah. they don't go to the bathroom <laughs> yeah so um uh frank like pees in the backyard of this house wherever this um, banquet is happening yeah and then uh bo like stands up and pees right next to him and <laughs> he's like oh i've noticed something it's like you've gotten bigger yeah <laughs> yeah he no longer has the the little willy yeah yeah that's good. he's like he's like great yeah. yeah so funny yeah and then uh yeah bo has like this sly smile on his face and um yeah they uh they basically um they have this celebration uh everybody's there at the dinner table and uh they decide to to do a slideshow um and it's like uh bo like basically saying yeah this was like my little like canoe trip with uh with frank and casper and it's all like wholesome pictures yeah it's like four, yeah it's like it's it's only like four photos <laughs> right. yeah, but 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 yeah but it, it's very nice and kind right oh and um and, uh, yeah just yeah. a little kind of a setup too that the Casper, it's implied that Casper is like going away to hook up with the the cocktail waitress, and he leaves his phone with uh, Frank, saying like, "Yeah, you know, um, Eben has me on like that the uh, the tracking Tracker. thing. Yes, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> find my friend. So uh, let me just leave this with you." And then uh, Bo mentions that detail of like, um, "Yeah, I do have a photo with Medina, uh, but it's on Frank's phone. He took it with his phone." <laughs> Yeah. And then, uh, or on um, Casper's phone. Casper's. Yeah. yeah, and then Frank is like, uh, "Well, I have it oh. right here." <laughs> yeah, without even thinking. Yeah, just so genuine and so excited to share Casper's phone. So they hook it up to the slideshow, yep. and they quickly get to the Medina photo. Yeah, so it's and all, again, ev- you know, everyone's ho- ho- hooting and hollering. Yeah, and- people are clapping. It's like you know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But then I think the very next swipe is the shot of uh of uh Bo's Willie. Yeah. And and you see a man's hand hold holding the tip of it. Yeah. And then the and then next they swipe down. the next swipe the next scene is, is is the same photo, but Frank has his face like an <laughs> inch away. He's he's stretching it out in front of yeah, his face. Yeah, he's stretching it out. <laughs> And oh it's it's I I lost it at this yeah. point. Oh my god! I could yeah. not believe it. That was so surprising and shocking. <laughs> and it's like, even though you know that happened in the realm of the movie, to see it paid off like that at right. that moment is is just really well done comedy. It's like yeah, textbook. And it it's just also as Casper is coming back. So he's like in shock, and then it's a photo of him. Like the final photo is him giving a blowjob to the the teacher, to the teacher. Yeah, and it's yeah, like and, yeah, and you see Ibin's face is like freaking out. 
And then and then the swipes go continue back to the brothel and you oh, now right. see <laughs> what Lars and Casper were up to in the brothel. And right. Yeah, and there's a scene of that it looks like like Lars has his head between a lady's leg and he's right. like smiling at the camera. So now <laughs> Lars is embarrassed and his wife is livid. Um and so and then I think I think that there's just a nice sharp ending. Yeah, um, I I think the final shot then because you know if the they're going through the photos chronologically would have been uh, Casper giving the blowjob like that's the final thing that they see. Yeah, and uh, yeah. yeah, everybody is shocked. Include uh, like I think um, somebody says something I, I can't remember. There was a line from some random uh, party goer, um, and that ends up being the last line of the movie. Like something like I can't believe this. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, yep, it cuts the black, and then the credits start, and it's that uh, kind of whimsical, upbeat <laughs> yeah. music again. Television show, kind of a, a music. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And but um, yeah, it's that's a it's a great ending. It's honestly yeah. an ending I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna remember for a long time. Um, and uh, yeah, it's like. It's. I mean, it's definitely up there. Like, I can't think of another comedy that ends with such a little, such a punch like that. Right. Um, and I mean, the first the first time I saw it, I actually didn't think that there could be anything else. Like, I thought, okay, it's gonna have like kind of an all's well that ends well ending, and that's it. And then, yeah, just for it to deliver that final surprise is like, yeah. man, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Re- yeah. Really good. Clown, 2010, amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, you know, we, we, so, like, it definitely piqued my interest. I was definitely interested. I was like, well, what's Clown Forever about, <laughs> which is the, the sequel in 2015. Right. And we don't have to get into it, but I, I would say the, t- the big takeaway with the sequel is a lot of standing 69s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, and it's just... Uh, it. It basically, to me, it did everything that clown the first clown movie did right. They did wrong in the second one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like they they decided to go bigger and better, which is like the worst thing that a a TV show turning into a movie can do. Like expanding it, putting like um uh the characters in like these extraordinary situations that mm-hmm. don't feel organic to what would happen in the show. Which is right. whereas like the the first clown movie, it feels like it could be an episode, you know, like the situation right. could have been an episode. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they go to America. You hear Isla Fisher like speak in her actual accent, which was one of the surprises for me. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. And then you find out Casper has a daughter. Right. He right. Has, he has like he has like a twenty year old or like an. I forget how old she is. She's mm-hmm. supposed to be in the movie, and and yeah, and that's part of the reason why they have to go to America is kind of him, you know. I guess getting his comeuppance in that sense of like, well, you know, you've been <laughs> fucking around, like you know, now it's your daughter that you have to look out for, yeah. you know. I, the the one thing I did like about Clown Forever, though, it's so you know, in, in terms of like the fatherhood perspective, it does show Frank as a dad, right, and that there's more at stake, you know, obviously you see how stressed Mia is. And even with all that at stake, he's still, uh, well, is, is like deep down is very selfish and will <laughs> abandon it all to go 
pursue his buddy right and ultimately get into you know worse debauchery than he got into in the first cloud right you know what i mean <laughs> yeah um and that uh yeah but uh, you know but uh, and then it it ends uh, it ends you know fine it ends with um you know things are resolved and i think him and mia are back together yeah but then it, yeah, but Clown Forever doesn't have the same big ending that the first Clown. Does. Yeah, and I don't know. It just didn't. It yeah. also the laughs didn't land as 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 yeah. much as this one did. Uh, the first one did. I don't know mm-hmm. what it was. Maybe because the first one had that element of surprise, and yeah, they probably raised the bar too high for themselves because it's like same director, Mikkel Norgard also directed the second one. I think he directed all three. Um. And uh, yeah, they they obviously wrote the script themselves again, uh, but somehow it just it just didn't work as well, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's yeah. like it's it, you know, as far as trying to make a sequel goes, it's it's difficult, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it's like you know, it's hard to top something like Clown, where you maybe put a lot of your best gags in it, right. Um, and, uh, and, and, and again, you know, just going back it, what makes it fun, it's like, it's, it feels small, like w- within 18 minutes, you're at the canoe, which then y- once you get to the canoe, you're, you're, you know, as a viewer, you're kind of locked in of, okay, this is what the movie is. Three people on a canoe. There's going to be at least two adventures that I think there ends up being, you know, three spots or three stops yeah. or something. Um, and then the wrap up and every piece of information that they bring in, you know, whether it's the schnozzle or the pearl necklace or taking the photos of the willy, get all those get paid off, which right. is like really cool to kind of see. Um, whereas in Clown Forever, yeah, because the scope's bigger, it's hard. Like I couldn't track all of that. Yeah, and like um, what what what's like a memorable gag from the second one? Like I can't even think of it. Like like yeah. the only thing I remember, yeah, are the are the sex acts yeah. which and like it and like because they're not particular you know it's a, it's already established in, in the clown verse that there's going to be some wild sex acts right that it's not that funny it's it's yeah. shocking but i'm not laughing to see a standing 69 or i'm not laughing right. to see frank having sex with casper's daughter i'm more just like shocked by it right you know? yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so but, um, I don't know, but I'm I'm still curious about Clown the final. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. I still want to sure. watch it and um Yeah. Yeah, if I can I, I I do remember like having access to like subtitled versions of like episodes from the show, but I just remember them being like okay. really terrible quality. Like mm-hmm. um but not that that really matters cuz I mean I guess that is one more thing I should bring up um before we wrap up with this movie is that um you know the the visual quality of it like it doesn't try to hide that it's shot on video you know mm-hmm. um it, it yeah. doesn't try to look like film even though you know the the look is a little more elevated in the movie compared to the actual show but the show mm-hmm. looks like it was shot on an iphone like older iphones not even like the iphone 13 which is incredible how it looks but <laughs> that's uh, that's basically how what it looks like they're not attempting to make it look artsy and Actually, one of the things that they do in terms of um, shooting is that they they shoot multiple cameras simultaneously. Mm. So, you know, um, it allows them to capture like little moments and then they don't have to repeat it, 
because you know there's all, yeah. always these little things that are going on uh, both in the show and the movie and they capture those little gestures because they have several cameras running at the same time um, from different angles but um, but yeah uh, I, I I do want to watch the show especially I'm curious how the the last season or the most recent season went because you know they obviously shot it during the pandemic uh, yeah. yeah so i'm curious how that that went over um, yeah i would love to see how the how the characters reacted you know <laughs> right right and yeah. then you know i'm sure casper like didn't care he was still like going out there having sex <laughs> yeah um and uh yeah and just also i guess the growth because i mean if you you have eight seasons of a show characters mm-hmm. have to develop somehow they can't just like you know stay the stay way they are man. yeah exactly and i'm sure like um, you know, the, the movies punctuate these certain seasons. So I'm, I'm assuming like the season that came after, um, the, the first movie, you, you see, um, uh, Frank as a dad and then it bridges towards the second movie and then so on. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I hope like eventually a streaming service picks it up and, has it subtitled because um yeah this this it's just so good like i i think even yeah. with um the misfire of of clown forever like the i i would dare say that i think frank Havam and and casper christensen are both comedic geniuses like yeah yeah very funny great rapport yeah they, they um they laugh they, at and, themselves and, and, you know yeah and and they're all they obviously have a big audience and following mm-hmm. it's you know and it's, it's and it's just you know yeah and i mean uh, a lack of translation yeah. that's kind of just limiting i guess their popularity here right and um you know we talked about how they're so good with callbacks but even just how they build up their gags like you can tell that there's there's more to it than just like oh let's just do this because it's funny like it's rooted yeah. in something like there's reasons and purposes of why this gag exists and how it's going to pay yeah. off later on in the line down the line you know yeah exactly and 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 how it's going to pay off better because of how it's set yeah. up yeah 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 um, so yeah, just l- l- looking through my final notes to make sure we don't miss anything mm-hmm. oh i thought you know the peeing scenes definitely were reminiscent of big daddy Okay. Um, yeah. You know, j- just kind of ha- had that kind of a bonding feel, which was nice. Um, and then the fatherhood aspects, I, like you know, so the way Frank's acting, you know, he's he's not really acting very fatherly. Yeah. Um, let's just say, but also, for most fathers, it really hits. Like fatherhood really hits once the kid is born. Right. And you like see the kid and you start interacting and. And, you know, you kind of get battle-tested through that first year of dealing with having to learn how to put the kid to sleep and do you need to change your whole family schedule around and, um, you know, how do you eat, you know, just adjusting to the new life. And so there is a way that it's like, yeah, Frank's an idiot before the before the kid's born. He's going to be an idiot while Mia's pregnant, right? you know? So it's like it's it's not totally unreasonable in this world to kind of see that, um, but to also see that he's making an effort and trying, you know. And so, yeah, I think a, a lot of those scenes, although they might be silly, they did work because it, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility for an idiot guy to also try to be better, even if 
deep down he's you know he's morally corrupt or whatever for sure um, yeah and um yeah and i you know it's kind it, it's kind of endearing to see mia you know who kind of i think knows frank's an idiot <laughs> to you know that she still wants to make it work and is trying to like help him along you know? right <laughs> yeah um Oh yeah, and then I um I looked at Frank's Wikipedia because I was just curious, like what, so you know who is he? Was he a star before? And so yeah, it was fun to kind of learn that you know he he's a, a stand up comedian and he has like, you know, a lot of credits and you know yeah about the clown sitcom, but then the one thing I I noticed in his wiki is that he was in Game of Thrones. What? <laughs> he, who was yeah he. he he played um, a meister at the Citadel. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, if you search Hank, Frank Hevram, yeah. or Hevam, yeah. Game of Thrones, you'll see a picture of him with, uh, with uh, what, what was that guy's name? Was was that guy Sam, the guy? Yeah, Samuel was, uh, Tarly, yeah. Yeah, Samwell. Yeah. Yeah, you'll see. Uh, yeah, so yeah, Frank is in the Game <laughs> of Thrones universe. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I'm seeing it right now. Oh, wow. And he even has like this uh, archaic pair of glasses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's so, totally him. So, yeah, so there's like, so there's like, uh, so the clown, the clowniverse and the Game of Thrones and, and Westeros are like are somehow. Oh, wow. Related. That's incredible. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at like uh, screenshots here. There's like on mm-hmm. a Facebook page, somebody posted it and they put clown the movie, like the watermark on the corner of the scene <laughs> oh, of the good. Game of Thrones scene. <laughs> that's awesome oh man oh that's amazing oh wow so people have seen him before they just don't know mm-hmm. it yeah exactly yeah yeah so i so you you know the face right yeah and i i definitely feel like um this uh this movie deserves uh, like an american audience um mm-hmm. it you know obviously we talked about it's on on freebie but it was also like released by um uh, Draft House Films, which is um, Alamo Draft House's uh, distribution mm-hmm. company, but the problem I have with them, and I mean, I think they're a great company, but uh, one of the things with their distribution is, I mean, obviously their focus is on their their theaters, but they release stuff on Blu-ray. They don't keep it in print, so like these movies, like basically go out of print, and then they they mm-hmm. end up being expensive. Like uh, one that's like notorious, which I happen to have because I was able to buy a cheap copy of it. Um, is Miami Connection. And, you know, it, it's this cult item. Like, this movie was, like, discovered on eBay. Like, basically, somebody bought the print of it on eBay for cheap. And uh, it became this hit. Like, you know, every, it's it's basically, like, The Room, but think of it like um, if The Room had martial arts in it. Oh <laughs> yeah, it's the, the Room of Martial Arts movies. And, um, yeah, and the Blu-ray is really hard to find and it's not really streaming anywhere. So like that, that, that's one of the things about Draft House Films is like they'll release these movies, but they don't really, um, try to keep them like within the public, um, like eye in, in terms of accessibility. So it's, it's a real shame because yeah, th- this movie definitely deserves, um, uh, to be seen more by people and, uh, I think that was part of me choosing this movie was like an experiment mm-hmm. in a way to see 
um you know if it it, it translates to you as well and and sure and to brandon because uh brandon yeah. also liked the movie he when he texted me about it when he saw it he, oh, cool. yeah he really enjoyed it so. yeah it's it was definitely um it was touch and go for the first five minutes while you mm. know just trying to get a handle of the subs right and trying to read everything and realizing oh am i gonna be able to get this humor is it subtle humor right and um but yeah ultimately it wins out and i think it, it yeah it benefits from being foreign yes it you know it um yeah and it, 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 I wonder, you know, because it's really easy to think, oh yeah, they should totally do an American, ad- you know, version of this. But it's also a little scary to think, you know, you know, this movie was made twelve years ago, and just the, so much of the climate has changed of what people will tolerate, especially if this is in the hands of like a studio, right? Whereas, like, you know, like like an independent kind of, you know, renegade kind of. Uh, of a comedic group or, you know, you know, um, could maybe turn something out that won't get too many notes from the studio right. on how to make it more, um, more broad or, but, you know, it's, but part of the joke, part of what makes it so shocking and memorable and good is that it crosses the line. Yeah. They really pushed the you envelope. Know? And so it, yeah, it's, yeah. And so it's, I yeah, it's it would be really interesting to see how you could do it in in a redo it, um, and I'm almost hesitant to, to like to want that. I like I think you know to what to what you're saying. I think I just want to echo it that yeah, like if you find a way to to get the, the subtitled version out, you know, more th- thoroughly and like put the right PR behind it, right. like might be the better route. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I would still be down to see that, that Danny McBride, Stevie, sure. <laughs> even though we might have oh. just conjured that up ourselves. Uh, I mean, that would <sighs> be, be amazing. an amazing movie, but yeah, they would definitely have to approach it differently. And, you know, I'd mentioned this before that the movie is produced by Zentropa, which is Lars von Trier's studio. And, mm-hmm. um, and Lars von Trier obviously like makes, you know, boundary pushing movies, maybe right. not as funny as this, but, um, I mean, Lars does have a sense of humor. He also tried to make a comedy called, um, the boss of it all, um, uh, which I'm curious about. Um, uh, but yeah, like, uh, that's really it. Like Zentropa is known for pushing the boundaries, even like when they, their first kind of foray into TV, when they made this show that was, had an American remake, it's called the kingdom. Uh, which was set in this hospital like you know that was already like incredible tv when that came out so they 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 know what they're doing and um mm-hmm. yeah that it's great that they they're producing so- stuff like this well, cool. yeah well good yeah so um all right should we um s- start to bring this baby home yeah just a couple more things though um as we do uh okay. so i have to ask you steve is this a good father's day movie <laughs> I d- I definitely think it's it's on the the short list, and it depends on whether you want to put it on in a you know, in a group of your for your buddies or I don't think that this would work watching it with uh <laughs> with, with your dad with, you know <laughs> yeah well no I think you could definitely watch it with your dad I I don't think you could necessarily watch it with your son of a certain age and, sure and it, it probably um 
I don't know, but I, but I am curious if Malika would find this funny. You know, yeah. like if it is the humor too guy centric, or does it cut across all swaths? Uh, you know, like I am curious about that. Yeah, I am too. Uh, so yeah, maybe one day you could rewatch it with her and <laughs> let me know yeah. what the result is on Mother's Day. Oh, there yeah. you go, perfect on Mother's there, Day yeah. next year, twenty twenty three. Happy Mother's Day! Yeah, We're watching Cloud. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um yeah yeah because i i i i feel like i could definitely watch this with my dad uh because he and i share totally. the same sense of humor so he would find this funny yeah, as well I love this movie yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah for sure and yeah if i ever yeah. have a son i i would definitely watch with, it with him probably when he he's 12 he's, well, he's 12 yeah <laughs> yeah, 12 years Bo. old. yeah Bo's age um <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> that would be an interesting okay. conversation after um yeah but I, it's definitely graphic yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i think it works twofold uh in terms of just the theme of mm-hmm. being becoming a father and also um like being able to watch it with your father or with your dad you mm-hmm. know so it, it, i think the movie works both ways so that's why i yeah. thought it was an appropriate uh father's day movie yeah so yeah, good. Yeah. Um. So I I asked you, and I also asked Brandon, and mm-hmm. I'm still gonna read Brandon's list. What are your your oh, good. your favorite top three dad movies? <laughs> right. Yeah. And this yeah, I kind of struggled to, to try to harness what this what what I wanted to you know get across here, but the ones that came up were movies where there is some kind of like a fatherly relationship happening okay. at the at the at the crux of it as opposed to something I would want to watch with my dad. You know? Okay. Yeah. So, so the route I went, the three I thought of were Gran Torino. All right. Um, life as a house and last and the last crusade. Um, oh yeah. Oh my God. Yes. So, Perfect. so life as a house is the Kevin Klein, um, Hayden Christensen, tearjerker drama. Right. Where at the, yeah. And so like that kind of satisfies that, realm where it's like okay like a you know a father is dying and you know it's it's heavy and he's reconciling with his son um you know last crusade obviously it's a father son at big adventure and they're learning about each other and it's like that's probably the best move like father's day movie in terms of like so much fun getting the whole family involved yeah yeah like that fits kind of all ages and yeah, and then Gran Torino was more like uh, I don't know something about like I forget if the the boy I forget his his name um, the Mong kid oh, if he's yeah, like fatherless or not mm-hmm. but 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 there's something where it's like you know um, Clint Eastwood's character becomes kind of a surrogate grandfather or father figure to you know to kind of help to protect him and help to kind of teach him to. I don't know, be tougher or to stand up for himself. And, uh, and so like, it's those kinds of, it's that, that kind of tough guy lessons, right. Western lessons, but in an urban area. Sure. I don't know. Like it, it, it's like, it's memorable. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think you, you understood the assignment, Steve. Uh, okay, I, I did want to, to keep it as broad as possible. Good. And I think, uh, Brandon did a good job with his list too. I really like his list. Uh, yeah, so, um, his first one we discussed actually in the previous episode, um, A Serious Man, uh, is his first one. So, yeah, we, um, it's interesting because, 
I, I felt like um, uh, Michael Stuhlbarg's character uh, focused more on him being the husband than the father, but obviously all his actions as a husband had an effect on being a father as well. You know, you can't separate mm-hmm. the two because he has kids. Um, and uh, yeah, and uh, the second one he picked, uh, which is another all-time favorite of mine, Hot Rod. Oh yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. That's a, okay, that that definitely fits it. Right, like, you can like like the whole family could enjoy. Absolutely, that one, yeah. yeah. And I mean, you know, Ian McShane is just brilliant as the dad in it, and you know, Andy Samberg just trying to get respect from his dad, yeah. <laughs> and the way is to beat him in a fight, <laughs> beat him up. Yeah, <laughs> it's so, so yeah. good. And then his third choice, which I is actually a blind spot for me. I've never seen it. Um, signs. M. Night Shyamalan. Oh. Yeah. You've never seen Signs. I have not. Maybe, th- maybe that's one we we got to add uh, around Halloween time. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so much of, of our podcast is about, like, filling in these uh, blind spots. So Movie I, holes. Yeah, yeah, I would love to um, to do a Signs episode. And, you that's know, good. Maybe- yeah. I, well, I don't want to spoil it then, okay. but, yeah. But that's a, yeah, that there is some good father-son stuff in there. Yeah. Fantastic. But- all right. Okay. So that those were Brandon's three choices. So I gotta ask you, Carlo, mm-hmm. what are your three Father's Day movies? <laughs> okay. So my three are also kind of unusual. Um, maybe a little abstract. The second one in it is probably the most on the nose. Um, and I highly mm-hmm. recommend it. And this one is also like an all ages movie. Um, but my third, uh, I'll I'll go in reverse. So the third one is um, Broken Flowers. The Jim Jarmusch oh, movie yeah. with mm-hmm. with Bill Murray, and this is more about like siring a child, but not having that connection, like growing up without mm-hmm. them, and like kind of finding, trying to find that son. And, and by the end of the movie, you're not even sure if he did or not. <laughs> you know, <Right. laughs> e- yeah. Even though, like, yeah, the uh, I mean, for those of you who haven't seen, we spoil movies all the time anyway, so you can pause it right yeah, here fine. and watch it uh, if you don't want to know what how it ends. But um, Bill Murray finds himself in like this intersection, and then there's this car that drives by, and there's uh, a young man who kind of looks like him who drives past. Mm him and then he's like is that my son and the the whole gag is basically that it is actually bill murray's real life son uh homer murray Mm -hmm. (laughs) who drives that's why he bears so much resemblance to him um so it's a great little ending to the movie and the Mm -hmm. second movie which is i guess the the one that's a a little more on the nose is um this mexican film called uh, alamar um It's a really beautiful movie, super short too. It's it's probably only like a little over an hour long, and um, uh, it's it's such a touching film. It it, it begins with like this couple, like uh, it's through the perspective of the woman and how she fell in love with this man. Like I can't remember if she's from another country and they meet while traveling, and um, uh, she basically narrates that, you know, it's like we fell in love and then we had this kid, but then, you know, we fell out of love. And then the rest of the movie just focuses on like basically the kid being split between the two parents. So he basically travels to Mexico to be with his dad and then wherever the mother is from, you know. So um, mm-hmm. there's this summer where he gets suspended with his dad 
And I think the kid is like maybe seven or eight years old. And um, it's it's just a movie of them bonding. And like um, he's teaching the kid how to fish. You know, it's just all mm. these little moments in the movie is like very languid. Like it's kind of just a very laid back film. Like the most mm. eventful thing that happens is like they have this encounter with like a pelican you know <laughs> mm-hmm. and that, that's 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 most of the movie but it, it's it's a beautiful film you know and i think uh underseen like i think more people should see it and you yeah, know it looks beautiful i'm i'm going through the uh, slideshow of yeah photos of it now yeah. yeah that uh can you see too if is it streaming anywhere steve does it say like me... on imdb or anything uh, let me see. I'll have to get back to you on okay. that. Okay, I'm yeah. I'm positive it's um, it's on Canopy. Uh, okay. yeah, yeah, it's on Canopy. Um, looks like, yeah, it's not on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. So um, okay. uh, yeah, it it's a shame because like um, when I was in New York, um, Canopy, like kind of stopped their uh, partnership with with the New York Public Library so you you didn't get it with your library card but here in LA you do so uh okay. if you have a LA Public Library card you can use it to sign into Canopy and it's like one of the best streaming services you only get like 9 uh streams a month but that's more than enough <laughs> yeah, yeah you can make it count right yeah, yeah. and it, it covers all genres like they have one of the most expansive like documentary um selections of any streaming channel so and they they even have like criterion movies you know it's it's like the gamut like classics as well um so yeah and like obscure world movies like like um uh alamar so um yeah my number one with a bullet is uh eraser head <laughs> oh yeah is that the, is that the is that a cronenberg no that's david lynch Close enough though. Lynch. Yeah. Okay, right, right. okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they get they get mixed up together, those two. I mean, you know, they're both very original and uh um this I, I weird gotta minds. see this one. Oh, I've you, seen it. Yeah, especially since you are a dad, Steve. I mean, it's all about yeah. like again, it like clown, it's like the leading up to um impending fatherhood and like how that affects you. Oh. But oh, okay. uh, David Lynch presents it as a nightmare, <laughs> like that's how it's done. And I mean, you know, it's it's one of the all time great like first movies. There's nothing else that looks like it. Like it's it's one of a kind. It creates its own world, and just um, Lynch's like dedication to creating it. Like it took him years to make it <laughs> like um oh, really? yeah okay. like he was at the the afi institute in la at that time and uh i think he was just like shooting it in in the studios in la so he had to build all these sets and um uh the lead played by jack nancy plays this uh, character henry um mm-hmm. he he has like a very unique hairstyle and during the making of like i think it took them like six years to make the movie uh, Jack Nats kept that hairstyle <laughs> throughout, oh my God. Yeah, throughout the whole production because, you know, it was basically they only shot when they could get all the money together. Um, I don't know how they, they maintained those sets, you know, over those years or maybe mm-hmm. like, yeah, they had to rebuild them. I don't know what it was, but Lynch stuck with it, you know, and it, it paid off in a big way. Like it's still like this cult classic midnight movie, you know, it still gets those midnight yeah. screenings and well-deserved. Cool. Yeah. 
So right. the nightmare of fatherhood eraser head. <laughs> good. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. So I guess that wraps up our uh, Father's Day episode mm. with Clown. Another one in the books. We did it. Gr- Clown, happy Father's Day to all the fathers yeah, out there. Yeah, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to uh, to uh, to your fathers. Yes. Um, all right. So just, uh, yeah, I guess the, the quick business, as always, we got we have a Twitter, Movie Food Pod. We got your letterbox, Astro Fish. Yes. We got the the Patreon. If you want to support the show and, um, you know, just to help keep the lights on here, you know, pay. Yeah, help, we really help, appreciate help. it. Um, yeah, you can, you can find us on there. We have a couple different tiers. And um, I think. That is it. Any other, yeah, closing thoughts before we get out of here? Um, yeah, I just want to say I love being a sex tourist in my own country. <laughs> Me too, yeah. Carlo. Me too. <laughs> hi, hi. Right. As they hi, say hi. In, in Danish. Hi, 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 hi.